back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the fall of the North African Bronze Age, Jay. Join as always is my co-host, the mysterious sea peoples of unknown origin, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing better than the Bronze Age, that's for sure. Chariot Warfare, man. It's gone. Gone. Never came back. Damascus Steel? Is that the thing? Greek uh, Fire? Yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that anything? We think we know Greek Fire. We think, well, here's the thing. That's just we think we know Damascus Steel, too. Damascus Steel's a muddled, because, like, I don't know if you're familiar, Jack, but, like, knife making, they like to call stuff Damascus, which, it's just pattern weld steel. Yeah. It's just where it's got those, like, The folds like, in it? Yeah, the folds. you fold it a bunch like, of times? That's just, it's kind of just a colloquial term. We don't know. The thing is, we're, we're 90%, I don't even know, 90's probably, I, see, I'm not a metallurgist, I'm not a smith of any kind, but I'm, I think we can make it better than they could. Here's the thing, I'm pretty confident that we were better than even the best of like oh, absolutely. Smiths when it comes to metallurgy. I think we can like really some good shit. If I showed him a cheap pocket knife I bought from a gift That's shop, it'd probably be like, this is the mo- this is the highest quality steel I've ever held in my hand. I think so. I think, yeah, 100%. I don't know. Like, when do they have steel? The steel I, I age. Think, yeah, but like, when is that? I After the bronze age. I think so. It's, it's, but it's, I think there was a period where even when they had iron and steel, they didn't use, they still use bronze a lot because it's still much easier to work. Like, yeah. this is what I- It's just I've, tin. Mostly. Those tin and copper. Yeah, it's both. But those are both malleable metals. Like, did did Romans use steel or did they still mostly use bronze? I don't know, like, the Roman Empire and, and such. I've looked, I've tried to look into it and I've never been able to no. find, I mean, I'm sure there's good answers out there for actual historians, but when I say I've never been able to find it, I mean, Two, seconds of Google. In the little Google drop downs, yeah, they yeah, give yeah. the answers, they went, and they give you a lot. I'm like, I'm not reading all that. If the Bronze Age collapsed, and it's fascinating. The Sea Peoples. No I, one... saw, I literally saw a meme about this the other day. It was like, it's, you know, that Chad meme where he's the tall behind him. Oh, yeah. That one I sent you? Oh, was it you? Was, oh, of course. Never mind. I'm sorry. I couldn't remember if I saw it on like Dank History. Mountain. Goober. I That's probably yeah, where I saw yeah, it. That's yeah. where I, I like. I just crop out when it says like where it's from. And Incredible. I crop, so I'll describe it anyways. Okay. Yeah. But it's the Chad meme, and it's like history is written by the victors, but then it's him. He's he's like a sea people. Yeah. And it's like the <laughs> the sea peoples caused the late Bronze Age collapse. Refuse to <laughs> elaborate. Leave. Leave. Disappear from history. Disappear from history. <laughs> I love it. It's fascinating. It's incredible. It's all right though. We you know. The, t- the late Bronze Age collapse, it was tough, Jack, but we had to go there to get here. You know? Yeah, and now we have the internet. You know, we have the internet. We have Twitter so, now. So, yeah. really, I think it, we're all the worst, and the sea peoples have ruined us. Well, that's actually a very good point. If we were a little bit behind and we didn't have the internet yet, how much better would our lives be? We wouldn't be doing this right now, would we? No, it'd probably be, well, if we were a little bit behind, it'd probably be like 1980 for us right now, so we'd be... That'd be all right. We, uh, What's first a bad... couple Star Wars? Okay, first couple Star Wars. But we've taken care of polio. We have taken care of polio. That's all right. Still racism, though. Well, yeah, we still got racism now, so. That's true. But was it more blatant then? Hmm, I don't. It's a lot of brown, I know. We, we could have the uh, McDonald's ashtray. That's an 80s <laughs> thing. Sure. <laughs> all right, Jack. Anyway, we got the requisite three, well, three, we did three minutes of rambling this time, but, you know, it's important for the sea peoples. So let's start with um, pick number one through four. Three. All right, we're going to do House of the Dragon first. Uh, Albert Trail this week, man. Yeah, great stuff. All right, so. We've got the new cast, haven't we? We do, we do. Well, we say new cast, it's really just it's just the two of them, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone else is the same, pretty much. Well, no. Well, we okay. We have a totally new cast, and I just mean the ma- the main players. Alicent and Rhaenyra have new actors to represent older, and then we have a we have a handful of new, totally new characters. But everyone else, I just mean, is the same actor. They only did it... age. Oh, I guess I'm. I forget. Her hu- oh, fuck, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. The... I don't. Damon's wife. Yeah, no, you're right. The yes, okay, fuck me, dead. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing there. Well. Anyways, we've got a handful. We've, we've got all kind of new people. So I don't, let's just right off the bat. So first scene is with Rhaenyra. What do we, what do we think of her? Uh, I th- 
I, I was like, oh, great, they're starting with birth. But I like her. I think it's very... I've seen a lot of this, but, like, they really nailed it with these, uh, like, later editions. They look, like... They look close enough to be, like, that's how this person would look if they aged a 100%. decade. I think so. Or so. So we have Emma Darcy. Um, they are playing, obviously, Rhaenyra. And then... Um, but Allison's actress, actor, is... Uh, Olivia Cook is Allison. Incredible. Good stuff. Yeah. They're the main ones. And then, yeah, we have Lena and Lenor, but, uh, well, he's not going to be in it much, are they? So No, no. They got to, one of them, are, one of them left well, immediately. So, uh, but anyways, like, as you, as you said, it starts with a birth. Rhaenyra is having what turns out to be her, her third child. Um, and yeah, like, I think it's, you know, it's obviously very intentional that they keep coming back to this, right? Yeah. The birthing stuff. As they talked about in the very first episode, um, this is kind of their lot in life unfortunately yeah that's it, their mission i think that's they're really driving that home is that like this is it sucks and it's horrible and it often didn't go well um, yeah. even at the best of times and like i mean i guess birth still is hard wrong, even when you're not in the times and all but especially then like as we have seen throughout the show and we'll get you know sp- spoilers for this episode but as we'll get to like it, it was not uncommon for people to die yeah like maybe even yeah definitely much more common than now but it's just like matter of course almost and just like yeah you know every so often you just you only got a couple good ones in you and then you're well you're liable to just fucking keel over kick the bucket there bleed out it's tough man and again i think it's very intentional that like i mean they've they've outright said it enough that like this is what's expected of the women in this world and it's pretty shitty no good she powers through then immediately allison um is like i need to see your baby Give it to me. So I think this does a good all within the first like two minutes here of uh, kind of setting up our new characters here. Not that Rhaenyra is new in this way. But this version of Rhaenyra. Yeah. So Rhaenyra, like she's still like willful and strong and all that. Right. She just powers through and then she's like, all right, fine. I'll go take her. I'll take my baby to her right now then if she wants it so bad. And you're like, whoa, all right. She's bleeding all over the yeah. place. And then also Alicent, um, who you're like, she's kind of, that's kind of shitty, right? Mm. I mean, kind of. Like it's. Very what shitty. <laughs> what is that? Uh, so clearly, Allison has has gained a an edge to her as well in the interview. Oh, definitely. She's okay. definitely had way more like politically willful. We talked about it last week, right? She, you know, obviously it was a very deliberate display that she had there, and you're like, all right, keep, keep gloves are off now, kind of thing, right? We're we're really going at it, and yeah, she's clearly maintained that in the intervening decade that she's just like she's there for it. She's uh, she's ready to to, to hustle do, about it. The dance, the dance, even yeah, they're doing the dance. Um, but so yeah, do that, and then basically this sets up the drama for this whole episode, which is that her baby has dark hair again. Yeah, not white hair, like it which, should. Yes, like it should. Which I mean, I, I think it's questionable. I mean, it's not obviously it's one of those things where you just kind of have to roll with it, like for story purposes. But I do, th- I do want to be like, wait a minute, guys, well, it's not actually this is a certain thing, right? Hmm. Because it's like neither of them are fully pure bred or anything, right? Yeah. Because Rhaenyra's mother was half Aaron. And Lenor's mother is half Baratheon. Like so, who have black hair. Yeah. Baratheon's famously very dark like yeah, st- dark like strong genes. Yeah. Because seed is strong. That's whatever. the whole point of season one. Yeah, of Game of Thrones. So like which is it's a very similar scenario to get season one of Game of Thrones, isn't it? This whole like who, whose kids are those really? Yeah. But yeah, so it's like, and I we talked about this like first episode. I think I know the show's changed it because Rhaenys in this show does not have dark hair. Yeah, but she's supposed to in the books. Like she has dark hair because she's a Baratheon. Like I, they did it because it's easier to understand for viewers. Of like she's a Targaryen and all. I get that, but still, yeah, there's, that's a thing. That is an element here. I guess this part of the part of the episode. I guess I when I was watching it, I guess I didn't understand when um she was talking about last episode. She's talking to Vaynor, Lenor, Lenor. When she was like, we're doing our duties, I thought that 
her kids would just be his because they would just have they'd like somehow do whatever and then have sex like well that's the duty that she's talking about and then be like we're gonna have kids we're not gonna like it we're gonna do it because we have to we'll have one or two because just to keep appearances and then we do what we want on the side i didn't realize it'd just be like oh no we'll i'll just get kids from somebody else don't even worry about it i i thought the same thing i mean i i kind of knew where this was going because of the book and all but i did kind of think that's the thing and i i wonder if that wasn't the original plan plan. and they just kind of gave up at a certain point because there's no way either of them would have really been into it right yeah um especially because i guess like I said, it's in the, say this like every week when we discuss some solo, but this, the book's kind of vague on this matter. So it's not clear in the book if he's like, if he's just gay or if he's almost bi or whatever, how, how that works. Again, this is this same issue is brought up in the book. Um, but yeah, like I, I wonder if they didn't kind of try to go with that and then they just kind of gave up and it's like, well, I guess I'll just keep having kids with this. Dude. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So, cause yeah, it, I mean, it would have made it easier. Wouldn't it? Would, it would have had no problem. Yeah, and I guess the other element that kind of works in this show because of the casting, right, is that their kids also should be like darker skin, shouldn't they? Yeah, the hair isn't the only issue. Like it would, like it was in the books, because Leonor's is like, I guess he's like mixed himself, so it's a little bit more plausible that their kids aren't like super dark or anything. They should be darker. Yeah, probably. And that's what's obviously. So she's like, mm, like Soleno, maybe you should try to stop being such a cock. <laughs> He's tough. And then King Viserys, bless him, is just all oblivious, like, this is a good boy. He's good a boy. strong lad. Don't you think he's strong? This I is was, sick. I was, I was like, I wonder where he is. Then he came in. I was like, man, you look like you were just beat to death because he looks awful. He's got no arm. His arm's gone. Yep. He's like, his skin's all cracked and old and he's mm-hmm. graying and his teeth are all screwed up. It's like, man, you were a decade. I mean, that's yeah, true. If you were rotting for a decade, you wouldn't look too great. Yeah, I don't... Again, they've really, like, hammed that up for this show here. Is that, like, he's old and dying, man, and he's dying and old. <laughs> like, yeah. Which is not as much of a... It's... I mean, I guess they knew he was kind of... It was coming, but this whole multi... What turns out to be year to decade long thing of, like, he has this creeping sickness and all. That, again, that's not in the book, really. But, yeah, it's definitely goes a long way to go. Like, And I've seen people um, joke about this. And even like someone I was talking to who was watching this show as well had the same thing. It was like, every week, I think Viserys is going to die. <laughs> Which is kind of fun. I yeah. think it's a fun element. Because, yeah, they really... Like, Play it up. You know, even end of last episode, he just collapses. Or yeah, no. He's bleeding out of his mouth. Yeah. Episode, right? He there passes was an episode up. before. Whatever. There was that one episode where he just... And then the next episode, they're just like, oh, I guess, he, well, I guess he's all right. It was last one because that's when they get married. Okay. Um, so it's, and you're just like, wait, is he dead? No, he's all right. He's still kicking. He's like a, he's like a roach. <laughs> he just keeps on going. Keeps on strong. Heron, uh, was it? Not Heron strong. Harwin. Uh, Harwin strong. He lost, oh, the hand of the king is that, right? Harwin? No, no, no. Harwin is the. I was talking about the hand. Was like, I was oh, say, so he, the hand he lost is... all his flowing hair in 10 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hand is, um, Blaney's, I think. Blaney's strong. strong. Yeah, he's also looks quite a bit older. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Harwin Strong while we're here. So that was my next. So he was in a couple of these episodes, right? Um, yeah. He's in the Hunt episode. They he just him. gives her a look and he's like, oh. Yeah, they mention him. And then when she comes back and she's all covered in boar's blood, he's like, hey, oh. Hey, this, this guy, this guy's down for it. And then he's in the one where they're out gallivanting about the city and he like stops her and he's like, hey, you small street boy. Like, oh. All right. And then he's the one who's. <laughs> There's a bit of fight in last episode of, like, going and rescue her. Yeah. Just headbutting or whatever. Uh, but they don't really have much interaction. He doesn't really have much, much to do. Um, and then come this week, so she's been, he's basically been her lover for the past 10 years. Um, and yeah, all her kids are just his. <laughs> his kids, yeah. So they leave it a, even less up to interpretation than in the book. Because, again, that's kind of the nature of this thing. But, yeah, he's pretty cool. He seems all right. 
he's also like a good guy, not like a Dickhead. brute or anything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. And he's just, yeah, he's kind of sweet. I like him. I'm a yeah. fan. He's a cool guy. A lot of people have been thirsting over him this week because he's, just, I mean, I guess he's an attractive looking dude. Long hair. Of big a particular dude. type. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's a big, strong guy. He's a strong dude. He's uh-huh. a strong one. Uh, and then uh, there's uh, the inciting incident of this episode that brings up this trauma to light is that uh, Christian Cole's being a real fucking dickhead again. He's being like the oh, yeah. worst. I don't know. He really went off the, he really got mad because uh, he killed that guy. Well, okay. You want to talk about Christian Cole? Yeah. Cause, well, he just, he's gone full incel. Yeah. Basically, hasn't he? It's like, hey, Vernier, well, uh, she's, she's, she's a spoiled cunt. And even the queen is like, yo, dude, <laughs> come on. Dropping C bombs about the princess. Let's come on. Um, but yeah, it's wild. He's gone full 180. Last week he was like, She doesn't love me, so I'm gonna kill myself. And <laughs> then he's been radicalized in 10 he's years. Fully. I hate him. Yeah, he's such a I hate him. He's the worst. Stupendous dick. Just fun because you because I think the show does a good job of that. Because when we first came, we're like, This guy's cool. Look at this guy. He fought the Dornish. That's he sweet. killed some Dornman. He killed some, some Dornishman. This is guy. This guy's all right. He actually fought. Oh, look at he's like Rhaenyra's friend. This guy's pretty cool, and he's, he's kind of dashing and handsome, and he's he's lowborn, and he's rosing his way up. And now you're just like, this guy's a this guy's an asshole. Get him out of here. Like what a little dick. Yeah, they're training uh, Viserys and Allison's children. We want to run through all the kids. So I wrote them all down. Yeah, there's Aegon. There's Aemon. Aegon and Aemon. There's Chakaris. There's Luke, and there's Joffrey. Those are her kids. And then there's a. Uh, Helena. Helena, the daughter of yeah. Alice. So the eldest of them all is Aegon, and then I think Aemond is next. Yeah. And maybe Helena. I don't think all three of them are. I don't know, though. But then Rhaenyra's oldest son is Jakara's Valerion, and Lucera's Valerion, and then Joffrey Valerion. Joffrey's obviously named after his lover who got smashed last week. Oh, yeah. It's like brutalized. Um, and they have a little scene where they're in the dragon pit, and they're like learning. They're like take, getting dragon lessons. Um, and then they like make fun of Aemon because his egg didn't hatch, so he doesn't have a dragon. Yeah. Um, when so, the rest of them are like, "Look, we got your dragon, but it's just a pig. It's a pig with wings on the pink dread." Um, and they do that classic thing that happens in Game of Thrones, where like then this comes to light, and they're like, and then Allison has to be all like, "They pranked our son." And then once again, Viserys is like being actually kind of reasonable, and she's like, "You sure Aegon didn't prank them though? Didn't prank? Are you sure Aegon was?" And she's like, Bleh. "But then later on, when she's like." She goes to talk to Aegon about it. Even she's like, Aegon, why are you hassling your brother? Yeah. So it's like, she knows. We all know, but you just got to do the, you know, got to go through the fucking motions. Got to pretend. We got to pretend. We got to get all mad. Like she's, It's just fucking, she's just Cersei again, isn't she? Oh, absolutely. She's like Cersei in the flesh, um, which is kind of a fun scene in and of itself when fucking Aegon's just being all weird. Jerking off a window. I was like, what is he doing? It's bizarre. And then he's just like, like hey, mom, get out of here. And he's, she's like, are you make for your brother? And he's he's like, in like oh, a bed. A- is that like his room? I don't know. It's the same room that, um, I don't know if you noticed, it's the same window that Tommen jumps, jumps out, out of. I remember when that, when I was watching Game of Thrones the first time, when that scene came up, I was like, what's with that window? And I looked at my phone for a moment and then I like caught a glimpse of something in the episode. And I went, wait, what was that? And I went back and then I was like, oh my God. Because <laughs> well, he's like standing in there and then he like steps back down. Yeah. And, I, just, and then he's just like, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Crazy stuff. Crazy yeah. stuff. Rip Tom, um, and he was the only, he could have saved everybody if he lived. He stuck around. He might have, but he's like, she's like, you make fun of your brother, and he's like, he's he's a twat. He's, <laughs> he's the little brother. He's little shit. He's classic. Yeah. You've a, you've a little brother. You can you test? I hate that kid. <laughs> so there you go. I'd make if I had a dragon. You didn't. Oh boy, never the end of it. I'd, <laughs> I'd give him a pig. Oh, look, you got a pig now. I got this big dragon. It's great. I love my dragon. <laughs> he's the pink. He's the pink dread. What do you think of yeah. that? <laughs> what do you think of that, dickhead? 
Fuck you. Um, but she's, and he's, uh, again, didn't even seem that reasonable or unreasonable. Because she's like, don't you get, like, she's clearly, oh, yeah, which is clearly a discussion they've had countless times, right? Yeah. But hold on, don't you get it through your enemy? And he's like, I just, I won't, I, I, it's sleep not, alone. It's like not even an issue, actually. I just don't want, I'll, she can just be queen. It's fine. I won't, and he's like, she's like, don't you get it? Your, your very existence is a challenge. And he's like, yeah, like, it, it's very much just like, yeah, your dad kind of fucked you. If, if, like, if Otto Hightower had not said that to her, it probably she probably would have been like I guess we'll, like, it'll probably be fine because I think this will be an enduring thing of this whole thing. but it's like how much of this is just her own paranoia about it like her yeah this certainty that she's constructed that like it's gonna go this certain way is is pushing her to do all these things it's to make like a you know a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy out of this right? yeah to be like well I'm gonna make it I'm make them her my enemy so she is forced to do this instead of like she's making her her enemy instead of her like. 13-year-old son being like, I won't challenge my 30-year-old half-sister for the throne that she's been raised to do? Yeah. He knows. He knows, like, the history. He's like, okay, well, you're not... Again, he, even he's like, they... But she's gonna be the queen. Like, we all know it. Yeah. She's like, don't you get it? They all know you're gonna be king. It's like, do why? But why? Do why? They all they all said they would let her be king. Yeah, queen. like, I'm cool that's with it, pretty, actually. That's pretty set in on this lady. I'm, like, having a good time jerking off out this window. And I got Please. a dragon. What? I'm a, like, I'm a boy. I get to jerk off a window whenever I want, and I got a dragon. What more could I possibly want? Do I need it? One being king sounds boring. Yeah, but so that's interesting. Um, but so then they're think of a place I could jerk <laughs> off if I wasn't king. I could travel the kingdoms. I have no responsibility. Jerk off on all the kids, <laughs> all the windows, all the, win- all the windows of the land are mine. Uh, so there's the scene I, oh, back to it that like really sets off all like the dominoes for this episode. Mm-hmm. That stress- is that they're training out with Christian Cole. The four of them. And uh, Jaharis, of course, is just like, oh, look at these boys. They're training. They're going to be best friends. I, I know it. I'm totally going to live to see them be good friends. Live each other isn't, this what, isn't this how you get lifelong friendships? And, and then even the even Lanus is is like, ah, that's the idea. That's, I mean, I guess, man. You're the <laughs> but, like, to be fair, I think they do seem to be, like, they seem to be getting along pretty well. Like, yeah. that little prank is mean to Amon or whatever. But, but they, like, they, they plan it together. Yeah, that's like a bonding thing. They're, they're clearly having a good time. Like, yeah, it's at the expense of a third of them, but that's the way it's got to be sometimes. Sometimes you got to weed them out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's like a there's like a brief little interaction I noticed on a rewatch where like, um, I think it's Luke, Luke is like really wailing away at it, but he's getting tired because he's like quite a bit younger than the rest of them. And then he like is all pooped out and he's walking away and like Amon gives him like a pat on the way by and he's like, ah, good one. So you're like, these guys, these kids are doing all right. Like, they're yeah. having fun. And then, but then they're like driven between. Like, there's them. no doubt that they're a little like they're kids and they're kind of shitty. Aegon's like a 13 year old twat, but like yeah. they seem to be getting on just fine. They're children with literal dragons. They're not going to be even worse than regular they're children. Bro- they're like literally the royal family. Like they're all going to kind of be entitled little pricks, aren't they? Yeah. But then uh, Christian Cole is like, "All right, fellas, fight each other." Well, if he's first, he like has the two, um, uh, Aemon and Aegon fight each fight him, and he's like, "I'm better than you in every single way." And then he has them fight each other. Well, then he's ignoring the the other two, the the Valerian boys, and then Strong is like Strong shows up, and he's like, "Why don't you teach these kids too?" Like, because he's very clearly favoring Allison's children and not Rhaenyra's, because he's an incel about it. And he's like, "Why don't you? Why don't you actually train these guys too?" And then he's like, "All right, fine. What if I had his fucking uncle beat on him? (laughs) Won't that be good?" Um, and of course, because he's 13 and that kid's like 10 or whatever it is, he's like, he a, just wails on him a he bit, kicks him over and he punches him. Yeah. And he's like, keep going. No, no, no remorse. It's a battlefield. It's like, they're, they're children, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. He's like fair. And he's like, I know, I know you've never been to war, but I've been to war, sir. And I, I killed the know, Dornish. I killed the Dornish. And there is no fair. Loser. Loser. So then, 
And he steps in to like stop him from just like abuse poor kid. Just fucked a good yeah. man. And he's like, You damn put your hands up and even Viserys is like, Hey God, would you chill? Would you calm down? You're whining like a big bitch right now. Yeah. Would you stop? You were, you're embarrassing you, me. You're wailing on a your ten year old nephew. Come on, that's like cousin. Fair, fair enough. He can stop you there. And then he he basically just says that he's like, well, you'd only be doing this to your son, and then wouldn't he you? Beats the hell out of him. He just beats the shit out of him. But that's kind of, in a lot of ways, uh, confirmation. Kristen wins. And yeah. He's all like, ah, I thought so, because yeah, now he's kind of sh- shown his hand there, hasn't yeah. he? Doth the lady protest too much? But instead of protesting, he just beat the shit out of him. It was good to see him get a couple get a couple hands coming a his way. Couple looks, yeah, he gets a couple good licks in. Was already he's spitting up at the end. Cole. But he was so smug about it at the end. He's being a real just the absolute Ugh. awful. Um, only other thing I wanted to mention in the thing there. So, like, what do you think of Helena? The daughter? Yeah, who's weird. It's a little weird, She's right? a weirdo. She's kind of a weirdo. She's like, I don't even know she what that is. She like loves beetles. Yeah, they're like little bugs, insects. She's like, even Allison's kind of like, seems strange. I don't know exactly what her deal is. Uh, like, they're like, we can't understand nature. It's not for us to understand. Leave it alone. <laughs> do you notice anything she was saying? Uh, She was counting. I don't know if she was counting, like, doing quick math in her head about the mm-hmm. millipede. So I guess this many rings, and the rings at the end don't have legs. What about that? So at one point, when Aemond is like whining about how he doesn't have a dragon to his, um, and they're having that conversation, he's like, "They didn't give me a dragon, and it was just a pig." And she's like, "You'll get a dragon one day." She says it like cuts to her because she's just over there on the Beatles River, and she says he'll have to close an eye. Oh, he's and got the eye patch from the trailer. Oh, she's like a privacy lady. That's what this is. He might be like a dream. Oh, Maybe. like a Bran, like Bran, or like is it the Red Raven thing yet? Is he is he around? He's got to be. He's like a more. He's probably just up there hanging out in that tree. When does he get there? Does he get there before? I think he's been there forever. No, no, no. He's Blackfire. He's a guy. He oh, was a, he? Oh, you didn't know that? You didn't watch the uh, Alt Shift X video about him? <laughs> I don't think I've seen the Alt Shift X. I've seen, but that might be book canon. Uh, in the book canon, he's like a Targaryen bastard. He is? Yeah. And mm. he like fights in a bunch of rebellions. Well, the Blackfire Rebellion hasn't happened. Like, that's uh, what that I'm hasn't saying. Ha- that hasn't occurred. So if that's the case. But is it not like a title that's pat? Like there's probably a Three-Eyed Raven there. Because, I mean, Bran becomes the Three-Eyed Raven after that guy, right? So... Kind of, doesn't he? Uh, I guess so. I don't know. It's not real. It's not real important, is it? No, no. But that's our show. Uh, so, yeah. What else? Maybe, uh, th- maybe that's foreshadowing to things to come. It'd be fun. Same thing. Oh, I also just had, at one point, um, Allison is like, it's a wonder their eggs even hatched. And then he's like, what does that mean? And she's like, you know what it means. I, again, what does that even mean, though? She's, they're still half. They're, regardless, they're half Targaryen. Right? Like, what are, what are we talking about? What are we talking about here? And again, like, Rhaenyra is like, are already herself, like, one quarter diluted or whatever however you yeah. want to look at like Rhaenys is a dragon rider she is at best only one half Targaryen because yeah. her mom is fully just a and Rhaenys has a dragon so like I don't know, it's silly yeah I don't think that logic holds up in, no, even sh- in this fictional thing with big dragons yeah come on uh, so we cut away from the castle eventually well I guess we can finish with the castle before we go to Damon because he's yeah like, they're, directly they're pretty distinct uh, so they have a small council meeting and Rhaenyra tries to save face with them. Like she's like, "Oh, this is bad." Like people are people figure people are figuring out people are talking about it. Like we gotta like say cover our asses, shore this up here, shore up the defenses. Yeah. And, and, and she was like, uh, "We should we should join our houses again." And here's an we, we'll give him an egg and stuff. And then Vare's like, "That's a oh what a lovely idea." And she's then like, "Your daughter can be queen, and like we're all together." And like honestly, again, feels like that would kind of work. Like yeah. it should kind of shore everything up, like tidy, like. Obviously, if she was queen, she's not going to kill her. Because if they're married, because that's again, that's what she's all paranoid about that she that Rhaenyra's is going to is going to kill her kids, right? But it's like, well, if if my son who's going to be king is married to your daughter, they're not going to kill they, his. Like, come on, they're not going to. That's not going to be a thing. But again, she just can't like wrap her head around that. It'll she's, be a, it'll be a weird moment. Um, but I guess like familiar wise, that happened. Like in that, uh, I was watching it recently. 
the scene where uh, Tyrion gets married to Sansa, mm-hmm. and then uh, the Ar- Arlena Tyrell, and is like, so if you marry Cersei, that makes you her grandfather, and you're also her uncle, and hers, and she's like doing all the familial yeah, yeah. lines, and then just, that's what happened. But it didn't happen because. Alice, it's like, no, you're wrong. Get out of here. I hate you. This we'll meeting's th- over. We'll think about it. Well, the thing is that she's like, I don't know. She's like producing milk because she just had a kid. Yeah. And lactating. Yeah, she's lactating. And it's it seeps through her dress and it's like this embarrassing. Um, and that kind of puts a kibosh on it before it even really gets going. Although, obviously, Allison was not receptive to it regardless. Yeah. And she says, and she's like, mm, look how the fox when she's cornered and such and such. And the king again is just like, what if she's just being genuine? Like, why you gotta be, why are you so miserable? Yeah. Again, she's the worst. She's just new Cersei. Like, and again, I still understand where she's coming from. I Like, all the stuff from, like, the past couple weeks that I had said about her, which is, like, I understand her motivation. I think it's interesting the way it plays out. Um, And, like, there's no doubt that pretty much everything, all the circumstances she's found herself in is because of Otto. Yeah. That's all still true, but she's also still kind of become pretty bad herself. Oh, absolutely. She's just like Cersei. Like, yeah, you understand why Cersei does it. Yeah, Tywin did make her awful. But, but she's she's still shitty, and you don't have to like her for it, yeah. do you? Yeah, so. both their dads were handed the king. Yeah, they're pretty. It's there's a lot of like parallels Par- here going yeah. on. Parallels, God, literacy. So then, and then we cut to Damon. Well, let's, do you want to just finish it all out? Oh, is this the, I th- uh, what's the last? Oh, then they just leave for Dragonstone. Well, so Damon or not Damon, Lena and Rhaenyra have a bit of a spat because he's like, I want to go fight in the war, and she's like. You like you're. What are you talking about? You're my husband. We gotta stay here. Like we're we're under we're under attack here, man. You gotta yeah, stay. Help here. me out here, man. Um, which and like this is another scene where it's like, all right, Lanor's kind of being eh, but like I also see where they're coming. They're both coming because Lanor's like, well, clearly you haven't given me anything to hear, right? And on the one hand, he's kind of right. Like he's done what she's been asked, which is like you've got to do your job. You got to pretend to be this genuine marriage and all this, and you gotta stay here. But then there is something seemingly pretty true about what he's saying is that like well he doesn't really get to say anything she's like upset when she names when he names their one son yeah and like how much control does he really get like even though even though he is gay and all that and he doesn't seem to have any interest in her romantically there's got to be an element of him that's kind of disappointed by the fact that like he doesn't have kids of his own yeah i think they're kind of you know you gotta understand where they come from because he kind of raises his kids but they're like he knows yeah it's this open secret and like so they have a bit of a spat there and she's like no you can't go and he's like, <laughs> yes well, i don't go fight no so i won't die in battle i want to go die the sea well then after the culmination of it all oh well then basically um lanor's or not lanor laney's yeah i think it's the hand of the king is like i quit i i should resign i'm so embarrassed he's embarrassed about what because he's this whole time viserys is doing this like acting dumb kind of thing about it because he doesn't want to Admit address it. it seemingly and he's like oh i couldn't speak of it and he, well then and he's like all right well can i at least take my son back so oh. that he can start running heron hall he's like sure and this whole time laris strong who's the third or the second brother who's the like shifty little finger guy the shifty little finger guy from last week who's like walks with the cane he's been this whole time has become yeah like this close confidant of the queen, right? He's really weaseled his way in the, in since episode two. He's like, ooh, gossip, 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 things. And then he's like, I've got an idea. So he gets a bunch of criminals, gets some crims from the dungeon. <laughs> and he's like, all right, guys, got a, got a sick deal for you. And he cuts out their tongues and he's got, at first I thought I was just like, is he just torturing people for the heck of it? Is he just that? Yeah, that guy? Kind of guy? Turns out, no, he has a task for them. He seemed pretty so, happy to torture them though. Well, he did. He did seem, let's not look past it. <laughs> but turns out he had a task for them because when Laris and uh, Harwin get back to Harrenhal and they're, they're chilling, they're just hanging out. They started, the creepy guys are there and you're like, oh, is that those guys? What are they up to? And they, they set the castle on fire. 
Yeah. And uh, to kill them both, they both die there. Yeah, real quick. I know my one friend who read the book didn't. He was like, he wasn't too jazzed about that. Really? That they just like get rid of him so quick. The strongest are just gone. Um, so I'm sure I follow because that's exactly what happens. They said it happened too quickly. And they didn't like how they were making the other strong like a little finger guy. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, hmm. I'm not sure I agree with your friend, but good on him. I don't think you've ever met him, so good on him. Probably never I mean, will. it's fine, but like I. As I recall, that's pretty much exactly from the book. The only thing is that in the book, it's kind of, again, as with all this, it's vague. Right. Um, and there's like the this historian who's writing it with this perspective is like, it could be any of these things. So they say like, it could be Corliss who did the fire because he was embarrassed and angered that his son was cuckolded, right? It could be Viserys who did the fire because he was like, fuck these guys. They like embarrassed my daughter and my family. It's not going to... It could be... Um, Laris was definitely one of the options. Yeah. Because it's like obviously be king he gets to be lord of Harrenhal after that like it's a pretty sick deal for him mm. um i think there's one other one recall but the point being like that is part of it is that it's vague but that's that's how they both die in the, in yeah. the thing it's kind of it's kind of wild to me and i guess it's the whole point of his character how like cavalier he was like yeah all right my dad's dead my brother's yeah. dead all right well i did the thing you wanted and she's like i did not want this which i think is a i think it what sets her we talked a lot about how she's like serious i think it kind of sets her apart yeah because i i think a lot of her thing a lot of with both of like Rhaenyra and Allison, at least at this point, before like obviously before the dance breaks out, maybe not this is but when surely to come when all the dragons start dancing, is that they don't actually want to do bad things. They like well, they will huff and holler and stamp and you know make a big show of it, but like Allison didn't want those people to die. Like she still knew Harlan Strong, like Laura Strong, pretty well for years, even before she was married to the king. Like he, they lived together in that castle mm-hmm. ever since Otto became hand. So like he'd be like, I don't want you to just kill these people. Yeah, I think he didn't deserve to die. That's very clearly a, him taking advantage yeah. of it, right? And then he gets to put it on her when he's like, "Oh, I thought you asked me to." It's like he she obviously didn't. Yeah, she, but she did, said nothing of the sort. But he's like, "Your wish becomes my command." I th- I just thought it's what you wanted, and she, now she's all horrified. And it's clear there's like an implication there as well that like we're in this together, man. Yeah, <laughs> you can't go tell anyone about because I'll because because it, it'll look on you because I'm just a servant of the crown. What so am I it's, it's, it was a, really when you look at it, it's it's quite the deft like maneuver by him, isn't it? Oh yeah. Because now he gets again. He used to be Lord of Harrenhal. He's the biggest castle, freaking kingdom or whatever, which is cool. Um, and now he's like Got tied himself. On the queen. Yeah, tied himself that closer to the queen. He's yeah. He's a real. He's a real little finger tight. Real shifty little guy. Oh yeah. He's pretty sus. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm just gonna say, it. not a big fan of his. Just don't not, think he's very cool. I think. Uh, I think that's you know what because he walks with that can. I think it proves just like Star Wars that people who. Or crippled, they're bad. Jeez. Oh, hey, the show said it, not me. Nah, but not. That's usually not the thing in Game of Thrones. That's true. Because crippled and bastards and broken things are nice. And nah, but that was that that was ne- that was then. This is now. <laughs> or that was this, this is the past, man. The past things were crazy. They were dragons, my man. So yeah, and then um, Damon with his Lainor dragon wife. And, I was just gonna say Lanor and oh, right. and Rhaenyra and them. So they, much in this plot. They head back to Dragonstone. And yeah. This is where we're going to live now. Fuck all you guys in Kingsland, you shitheads. Which, yeah. fair enough, it's gross. They had a cool line on this, I will say. Um, the wise the wise sailor flees the storm as it gathers. Yeah, which she turns back on him. Cause he's, he's like, like right. She's like, it's getting rough here. I need you to hang it. Like, you don't you don't desert your pose. And she just tries to use some, clearly her not being actually knowing that stuff. Which I think is an interesting moment for the two of them. And she tries to be like, the, you don't desert your post and the storm comes. And he's like, actually, yeah, like wise sailors don't, you don't hang out for the storm. You flee as the storm gathers. Yeah. And she kind of is, you know, she's kind of beaten in that moment. Cause Got her. In, in the little verbal jo- spout. Spout? Joust. 
joust a little verbal joust there he wins because of yeah he actually knows she's trying to use a sailor analogy on the sailor because she thinks that'll resonate with him when in reality she yeah. opened herself up to that. But then later on she gets to, he's like, what, you said we got to stay here because if you, if you leave, then like, you know, now, um, basically now Allison will be able to, you know, have soul like, uh, pour honey into her father's yeah, ears. So he says. Some of, basically she'll be the only one who's, who's Talking close to him. him and is, is whispering sweet nothings and getting him to do exactly what she wants without anyone to stop her. And then she's like, well, you know, why sailor leaves when the when the storm gathers? So turns it around on him, and they're they're a dragon son. They're hanging out. It'll be great. Trinus oh, yeah. is gonna go bad for their family. Yep. Again. Gonna go fine. Gonna be sweet. Okay. Five dragons probably. Um. But then yeah, the the little subplot is Lena and Damon. They've just gotten married. Turns out so they're hanging out. Yeah, and they have two daughters already with a third on the way, and they're hanging out in Essos, and they're like the the guests of this prince guy, whatever he is. Yeah. And he's like, what if I just gave you a you want to just live here forever with a fancy estate? And he's like, probably. I don't know what I want. Um, which is basically the whole crux of it, right? Yeah, he's kind of like toothless. He's like... He's a little aimless. Lost one too many times in Westeros, and he's kind of being a sook about it. Yeah, he's like, mm, I don't want to go back. He's been a real sore loser, and he'll stay here. What to do here, but I guess I'll stay here forever. I guess this is where I live now. <laughs> and I, she's like, why don't we go back to the place we're from, though? And, like, do Lord Stiff. Stuff. I want to go back to my house, see my I family. Go, I want to see my family. I want to see my dad. I want to live in the ho- the castle I was born in. Why don't we do that? You can stop being a mope, and you can like find glory again because I know you you're capable of it. And they've got dragons. She's in the interim. She's tamed Vagar, which is kind of neat. I guess probably not in the interim. I guess she had it by last week, probably. Yeah. But it's cool because it's the um, biggest and the oldest, right? Yeah. Well, just do you remember she mentioned him in mentioned him in book two or chapter two? I mean, episode two. I'll get there eventually. Uh, I. No. It's when her and um the king are walking through the garden. I guess I might have to marry you. Oh yeah. And she's like, "Have you something about like ask cuz he broke he was the last one to ride Balerion." Oh yeah. And he's like she's like, "Do you know Vega?" She's like, "The oldest and biggest one." And he's like, "Oh, I've look at that. She got oh, Vega, yeah. which is cool." So I was surprised Vega. how big it was. I was like, "Oh, she's, she's wow. huge." She's like, "Yeah, she's the oldest dragon we would have ever seen." Screen. I think it's a she. I don't know. Um big old dragon. Big and very it looks old and kind of ancient and yeah, a little scaly and wrinkly almost in places yeah. in the way a dragon would be at least. Um, and their one daughter also has a dragon in the book in particular. Damon was a real big fan of that cuz he's like one of my kids actually has a dragon now. Cuz he had that whole thing where he had that like he had his girlfriend there and he was like she's going to I took a dragon egg for the for my girlfriend cuz we're going to have a dragon rider daughter or or child is going to be sick, but that really that obviously didn't yeah. pan out did it. But in this case, he was like, he was like sick. Dragon rider kids, like proper children, to be sweet. And her one, his one daughter egg won't hatch. They've been trying to get to hatch. And I was thinking about it. I think it's because they don't live in volcanoes anymore. But that, yeah, I don't know. Because the hatching guys are like, well, one of the half of them don't hatch. And I was thinking, well, I guess it's a fantasy world, so I guess it can be any kind of ecology. But I'm like, from an ecology standpoint, not great if the half of them don't hatch. And it's like heat based. And they used to live in volcanoes. So I feel like it's, there's, there's nothing hot enough in Westeros to make them all hatch. Well,. They keep a lot of them on Dragonstone. Which is, is that a volcano? I think so. Well, I mean, it's a big, yeah, it's a big island, and it's volcanic rock. Well, I guess there's a lot of there's all that in obsidian. There. There. I, guess, I, guess I don't it. know how. I don't know what it is, but like I think. But yeah, I mean, once they because the whole thing is that when when one of these children is born, they get an egg and they put it in the cradle with it for like bombing purposes. But like, yeah, does that disrupt the natural life process of a dragon? It might. Because it, might, it, might. it might be not warm enough. But yeah, because clearly she didn't get one, and Eamon didn't get one. Like it's not uncommon. It turns out. Mm. Um, but basically this just culminates in their arguing about it and they want to go back and eat. And then there's this kind of, there's, there's kind of a genuine moment where 
She's like, listen, I know that like you didn't get everything you wanted in life. You kind of wanted not. You probably didn't want to marry me, and I get that. And then he's like, and she's like, no, I get it. All right, listen. But I, I did kind of enjoy that. I, that was like one of the nicest moments <laughs> he's ever had. He's ever had. It's just, yeah. even just that moment of being like, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. You're not so bad. You're not horrible. You're not my cousin. You're not my niece, but I guess you'll do. Uh, We're still family in some way, so I think it counts. Uh, but then uh, we get another birth scene. Look at two in one episode, two, and it doesn't go so and well. And it goes. This is poor. This is more like the first one, and it's actually very parallel to the first one because it's the same thing. They uh, he goes, "Can you?" They offer. They do the same technique, or they offer to do it. We'll He's do like, a, one of these brutal fucking C sections that we don't actually know how to do. Um, and the name is like, um, I don't think you should. I, th- I know how that happened the first time. Someone pointed out this like direct parallel here, right? So the two scenes. And um, when the maester in King's Landing says it, Viserys goes, can you save the child? And when this guy does it, Damon goes, would the mother? So, it's a bit of a parallel. So, like, Maybe he's not so bad. He's not so bad. No, he's he actually is. like, he's hey, but bad. what about my wife? Like that adult like woman person who I know and love and cherish with. How was her situation? All this. Whereas Viserys was like, "Cut that baby open." I want to get my son. Mm-hmm. Um, but as she alluded to earlier in the episode, um, Lena's like, "I'm going out like a dragon rider. I'm not going to die here in this birthing bed." And she walks herself out, and she has Viserys or Vagar burn her alive. What's, what is that called? Uh, there's a word for that when you self-immolation. I think so. Lamplighter does that. The boys. Yeah. I I noticed uh, I like the detail where like she's like just say it multiple times because Vagar doesn't want to. Vagar's like I don't know man. This is you're my Vagar's like are you asking me to kill you? And he's like I guess man I guess I guess one thing you say enough times he goes well I got to do the thing I'm supposed to. I've been trained my whole life for hundreds of years to do this one thing. I suppose that's the move here. Yeah, uh, yeah it's pretty. And then he's now Matt's just a single dad with two daughters. That'll make it real appealing to his cut his niece. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> It's tough. So I actually had a yeah. So um, apparently there's a handful of deleted scenes that we know of in House of the Dragon so far already. Which huh. is weird to me. I don't know where this info is coming from. So maybe this tweet is just Matt lies. Just, oh, I love lies. Um, but it's interesting to me because let's just talk about that generally. Now that we're we kind of wrapped up all the plots of this episode, um, we're definitely enjoying it still, right? You like this episode? Oh, absolutely. Very but, good episode. Um, this episode in particular, I can't. I, I've seen a a good deal more of these criticisms, but I can't necessarily disagree with them. That like. It's moving real quick lately, um, which is crazy, right? Because before the show started and the first couple episodes even, I was on the side of like, man, it's crazy how much they're able to stretch this out. That's good. I, I was kind of worried there wouldn't be enough content. And now where it's like, guys, you slow down almost. Like, you're yeah. almost going a little too quick. You're like, come on, let's give this stuff some room to breathe. We're just rapid fire blowing through plots, which is crazy given how much actual like real estate this takes up in the book. Yeah. Like, all this stuff is, like, a handful of pages as, like, prelude to the actual events, um, like, the interesting action stuff, which is just crazy because, yeah, it feels like we're not giving it enough time to breathe in, like, a 10-episode season. It's just really yeah. interesting. But, yeah, I can't really disagree. And these are long, kind of beefy episodes, but at the same time, it's it's streaming. This is HBO. Like, why would you limit yourself out? Why is there any deleted scene? Yeah, just put them in. It's kind of unbelievable to me, but apparently a handful of these. Apparently there was a scene in episode two where Lena claims Vagar. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, it would have been cool to see, wouldn't it? Apparently there's a confrontation between Renera and Alicent after she's betrothed to Viserys. That would have been cool to see. Like, that's actually a good, like, genuine character thing. Yeah, I would have thought we would have had that. Yeah, apparently, like, and I can understand it. A lot of these, I think there's a concern that, like, nothing's actually being moved forward. And as much as it'd be interesting to see. Just reiterates the points you already know. If you're just reiterating stuff, then, like, that's genuinely, like, a drag. Whether whether or not you have the time for it, there's still an element of, like, 
your viewers are just gonna be like, why? Like, what the what's the point of it? So I, I kind of get that, but that confrontation feels like like that could have some genuine character stuff that would be. Yeah. Um. Apparently, there was a the the wedding between them was shown. Uh, her preparing and then being married. But again, that's kind of like what is that actually like? They get married. Like we we know they're getting married. We know they're getting married, right? Apparently, in episode this episode, there was like some cut scene that hints more heavily at Damon being bisexual. Which I got a sense of in this anyways. Even what was left here. There's like a moment where he's like hanging out with a dude on the rooftop. And they're like kissing me. And then he he like he likes he's like giving eyes to the one serving dude I think. Yeah yeah. I don't know. I mean it's kind of that's not really essential to anything. Yeah because he's you know he's going to marry who's going to marry later. And there was also apparently it was cut. But at the end there um apparently there was some version of the scene where he actually like comforts and consoles his daughters. Oh. Instead of just you see that? Yeah, why don't they just have Instead that? of just, he walks away, which is weird. I don't know what that's, I don't know what that's about. I mean, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, he's Damon and he's kind of a shithead and he, it's understandable that he, he of all people would not handle that properly and not be dealing with his grief in a good way and just be like, not even know how to respond. But it would have been a good humanizing moment for him if he like hugged his daughters after their mom died. Yeah. But overall, good stuff. We're really, I mean, we're building to the end here, right? We only got three left. And Game of Thrones famously... The big thing happens, episode nine. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about episode nine event actually today when I mentioned the red one and you're talking. Yeah, about- yeah. So I think next week's the last chill one. I think Viserys is, I think Viserys, which is the, the inciting intro for everything, Viserys dying, is going to be nine. That, that makes sense because then 10 can set up the aftermath of that. And then we get all like, we get everyone in position for season two, which, which is, which will feel weird because. I don't want to wait. I'll be like, all right. I know, right? I don't want to watch season Shows two. Show so Really enjoy them. Give me Henry Cavill, Elizabeth Olsen, maybe. Come on. Where are they? If they're in it, incredible. Um, but it's, yeah, it's tough. I don't know. Who would Henry Cavill be? Here's, a, here's the thing, though. At the same time, saying that, I'm like, wait a minute. That means, like, it almost feels too quick because that means we only have one more week before that. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah, Even just know what I know. It's like, we gotta, we have one more time jump. And then that's that's it. Yeah, then we're so, when, how long is the second time jump? Several years, like six. So everybody's aged up. So all, so kids, all the kids are new kids. All the new, all the kids have dragon. Did I tell you who the Aegon was? Did I say that? Who? It's David Tennant's son. It's David Tennant's son looks like Finn Wolfhard. Who <laughs> were saying? He totally looks like Finn Wolfhard. You're one hundred percent correct. He also kind of looks like David Tennant though. He does. He's weird. He's. I mean, good on the kid. No, no offense to this kid or anything. He looks inbred. He's weird and pasty. Like, yeah, he totally does. <laughs> With the hair and everything, he looks very pale and like pasty. His sister's like, love of beetles. Very. Nothing can go wrong there. Well, I'm just gonna tell you that they, they too oh. they get married. So weird, pasty, inbred-looking kid and weird, crazy girl. I mean, nothing maybe crazy is harsh. She's talking to Beatles. I don't know. There's something. She's got something going on at least. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they we get re- we replace all them. Yeah. Otto's coming back out. So he's like a he'll be a proper like an adult. Yeah, adult. Like twenty something, and then everyone else is a little older. Be like teen, late teens. Yeah. Jace is like sixteen with their dragons. And all yeah. That. And I think they might be a little bit older than they are because of the stuff. But yeah, we got one more, and it's apparently it's not next week because what we see in the preview next week is in, so it's um, between seven and eight. We have a big time jump, uh-huh. and that's the last one apparently forever. So which just, makes sense because yeah. like why would we won't we don't need to be doing it anymore? Multiple time jumps seems too much. Oh yeah, so like season you know episode eight onward all through the rest of the seasons, there's no time jumps. Yeah, which makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. good stuff. Are we good here? I think so. Going along on this one, so we'll act out of that into pick number one through three. Two. Ooh, that's She-Hulk, baby. All right, She-Hulk. This episode seven? Uh, it's seven. It's called... Isn't it just called The Retreat? Yes. 
was gonna say oops all therapy. Oops all therapy. Uh, it's just uh, Daredevil next to She Hulk. <gasps> Marvel's trying to tell us something. Daredevil attorney at law. Yeah, the retreat. The retreat. Um. So basically, the well, basically, this starts with she's going on dates with the guy she met at the wedding last week. Jason. Josh. Josh. You almost did the thing where you just I I, I was like half a second from saying <laughs> his name, and then you said Jason, and, and I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> I barely retained hold of Josh. Um, and it seems to be going well. And I was like, this is nice. This is just a fun time. It's a lot a little montage fun. to music. They're going on nice little fun West Coast. Yeah, West, West Coast fancy LA. SoCal dates. And I'm like, this is a bit much, but all right, good for you. I will say in that montage, they go to they go to a drive-in and they're sitting on the back of his car. But there are people behind them. You're blocking their view. So that is not a sustainable, comfortable way to watch an entire you gotta, movie. You got to stay upright. Sitting upright? Like, that's worse than sitting in the seats of the car. What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. What is it? That'd be cold. Listen. Even in a warm play, on like a on like a crisp summer evening when you're outside at the drive-in, it gets cool. You wear, I wear pants and a hoodie. It's chilly. Foolish. The drive-in's only good for one movie. I'll say it. One movie. What's the? Well, no, one movie as in like like um, the first movie for the, of the first movie. feature. The second movie, I'm like falling asleep. It's like two in the morning. I want to go to bed. Avery, yeah, I like the drive-in more in prep. Well, okay, here's here's my thing. I don't think you should go to the drive-in to see to see a movie that like you're seeing for the first time. That's important. Yeah, that's the conclusion I've come to. Because there's been too many times where I've been like, I like to drive it, and I do. I like to drive it in premise. It's fun. It's a good time. But then you're like, oh wait, this is a suboptimal actual viewing experience. So don't go to see anything important there. But if you're just gonna see something fun and goofy, and you're gonna hang your friends a date or whatever, that's its own. You just gotta separate things. Yeah, don't see Rocky Horror Picture Show. Not a you can see Rocky Horror Picture Show with the driving. That's like a perfect driving. I didn't like the movie. Well, that's but that's beside the point. Well, isn't okay, it? perhaps. <laughs> Well, that's I was tying it back, and I saw it at the drive-in. I would I saw Spider-Man No Way Home. Eh, no Way Home, excuse me, Far From Home at the drive-in. Didn't like the movie very much. I was like, I don't know, I like this movie. Then I saw another drive-in. I went, that's a little better this now. Is, this is a good movie. A I, I, there's a there's a handful of movies that I just saw for the first time at the drive-in that I should not have seen. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy drive-in. Really? I saw Prince of Persia Sands of Time at the drive-in. I saw Jurassic World Dominion at the drive-in. I've I never. I saw not Turbo the, sorry, at the drive-in. I saw I Lost Kingdom. I saw that one at the drive-in too. Lost Kingdom. Yeah. And I didn't Fallen like that Kingdom, movie. That's what it's called. Fallen Kingdom. Bad movie. Yeah, I think I would have enjoyed it. I've not seen it since, actually. So. <laughs> if I brought it again, I'd be like, wow, this is a like a whole different movie. I saw Pacific Grim at the drive-in. Pacific, yeah. Any more movies you saw at the drive-in before we stopped doing this? I saw Cars 2 at the drive-in. I think I saw Cars and Cars 2 at the drive-in, wow. actually. I, I tried to take my little cousin one time to see Aladdin at the drive-in. Got there too late. All sold out. Had to go home. Oh. They, I went one for I went Aladdin, please, and they said, All sold out, Buckaroo, beat Jeez. it. And I hit the road. I think when I saw Cars One and Two at the drive in, I was still both young each time. I couldn't I couldn't even last through the first showing. Like the first like cars being the first movie. I couldn't even yeah. and that's the problem with the drive. Like even as an adult man. Yeah, work. You got work and stuff. Like going to going to see a drive in movie, they don't start any earlier than in the summertime, right? Because you yeah. gotta wait for it to be dark. dark. Pitch black. Even the first showing doesn't start till like nine thirty ten. Sometimes feels like another bad thing about it is that when you're young, when I was younger, when I would go, there'd be the merry-go-round, mm-hmm. and then go on it, and you'd throw up. How would you? I I never threw up, but like <laughs> my brother, sometimes when my brother would bring his friends, a couple times he one time he threw up. I believe <laughs> if he if he's gonna correct me, I'm not gonna cut this out, and he'll never no he'll no, he'll listen. But uh, his friend one time definitely once or twice threw up. Hilarious. It's a very little brother thing to do, yeah. isn't it? Man, we have time. All right, so... <laughs> what are we talking about? What's going on a bunch of Hold dates? On, I blacked out. What year is it? <laughs> and then, um, and then yeah. eventually they sleep together, 
And then the next morning he she wakes bounces. up and he's gone. And she's like, text him, but no answer. And then it's she goes to work and she's all distracted. And then it's been another day and she's distracted and it's then it's Sunday. And so um Blonsky, uh Emil Blonsky, the abomination's parole officer, calls her and is like, Something's wrong with his inhibitor. wrist what is it? Yeah, his inhibitor ankle Ang- monitor thing. Can we go check can you come help me check him out? Because if he's abomination that's a problem for me i'll go to the icu and she's like well my he still hasn't texted me back so i guess i oughta um they go do that and turns out he just zapped electric fence or whatever but then while she's there her car gets smashed by uh Uh, man ball and alagila or whatever yeah alagila and so they gotta call mechanic and he's like well you're at the retreat here with all these these super people working through their problems why don't you come join us and they do a bit of they do a bit of therapy group therapy which is kind of fun she talks about how every like we've been doing this whole show, kind of echoing the themes of how like everybody just kind of sees She-Hulk and wants She-Hulk because it's like a spectacle, and no one sees Jen, and they all like you're seeing Jen, and they all they make friends. She feels better about herself, and they delete Josh's number, and she's she's more powerful. We're just tough because I was having such a good time with the opening montage. I hope they don't. And then when it, when the he didn't not texting back thing, I hope they do. I, as cliche as it would be, I was kind of hoping they would do the thing of like, "Oops, sorry, I had to take my grandma to the hospital." And that's why. I oh my god, my, my grandma got killed. <laughs> Holy but it's, sh- it's all good now. It was something, but important and in in worthy of not responding to you kind of thing. That's why I wasn't talking to you, haha. Because I was like, "Gosh, they seem nice, and I don't want Jen's having a rough time. I don't know why everyone's been so mean to her." Like, here's the thing: we said this. I know, like, purposes of the show and all, but you're like, "That's just." She's clear. Yeah, Tatiana Maslany is clearly very attractive. What are we yeah. doing here? Come on, why is everyone being shitty to her? Jesus? She Hulk or not, she's clearly very attractive. Like, what are what and are, smart what, and like successful? Well, yeah. Also, she, yeah, what gives? Um, so I was hoping they wouldn't just go with the shitty and I was that like shitty. You just using her for sex kind of angle. But then through the whole episode, yeah, she just deletes his number and they just have the group, the group thing and then and then just moves on with her life. She takes a nice contemplative tow truck ride home. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do we think of all the? All these, all these super. I think they're fun. I think uh, Sorak hopefully shows up in Blade and gets killed by Blade. <laughs> well, he just Emil just says he thinks he's a vampire, so. right? But I think that's perfect setup for him to show up, be turned into an actual vampire, but kills him. Marshall Lee could be cuts him with. Did his... You see all the Blade stuff this week? Uh, no. So oh, there's like oh, good there's stuff. Like, no, not good stuff. There's all this like strife apparently. Strife apparently. about Blade? Yeah, apparently it's like not going well. No. Oh, yeah. And I saw a thing just today that like maybe they're rewriting the whole thing. Apparently, the whole thing? Kevin Feige isn't is involved because he's spread too thin on other projects, and Mahershala Ali's having a bad time. Oh no. well, yeah, it's rough. It's I, I can't believe you didn't see this. This is the worst news I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I really, I was really. Oh God, they were to Blade. I'll be so sad. I really want to see Blade. No, I want to see the guy kill vampires. No, I was, I was, I was, I was ready for Blade too. He was going to be in World by Night. Yeah, I don't know what's going. Isn't on. Isn't that next week? Is it really? It might be, um, but yeah, it's it's that is I'm I'm actually distressed. If oh, if if these all these reports are to be believed, yeah. which who's to say, right? But oh yeah, next week the seventh. Is it really? Yep. Same day as Amsterdam well, comes out next Friday. But so they're fuck. What happened? I and Lord of the Rings. She's struggle. It's a, it's a it's a blade. It's going it's going iffy apparently. Wesley Snipes cursed it with his tax evasion. <laughs> he might have. You never know with that guy. He's famously horrible to work with on uh, Blade 3. They had to CGI his eyes open because he wouldn't open his eyes for one scene. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, oh, we got Ciroc. We got Porcupine. Yeah. And then Gala and Man. And we got Wrecker from the Wrecking Crew shows back up. They all do. I, what do you think about the idea that there's just, like... And She-Hulk has done this a lot. Like, pretty much every episode. introduced like, hey, there's, like, 
there's just super people about. Because um, some people apparently have didn't like that. People have been like, where are these people all coming from, right? We didn't, we haven't seen these people before. And I'm like, this is exactly the way you have to do it at this point, right? Um, Would you say they always existed? We are past the point of like, in the MCU, I feel like we should be at least, of, of giving everyone an origin. At some point, if you want this to ever get to a level of like truly big, you know, fleshed out kind of comic book, there just needs to be a bunch of superheroes and they can't all get backstories. stories. Like, that's yeah. absurd. So at some point, on some level, you just have to be like, yeah, these people just show up, man. There's just yeah. super powered people about. You don't don't worry about it. Like, which is how it is in comic books. You just open a comic book and like a villain or another hero, whoever, some some other Marvel character has shown up and is and is teaming up with and or facing off against the the comic book you are reading, and you just go with it. You're not gonna know all of them. Yeah, you don't sit there and go like, well, they didn't give me the origin of this character. What is this? Like, yeah, yeah. you can probably get the context. I think you get the context part. So I don't. I certainly don't have a problem with that. No, I'm probably with either. Because um, also these guys aren't important at all. They're never yeah, going to show up again. Deal one way or the other. They're not. Hey, they're not going to fighting Kang. No, unless they are. They're the Kang. <gasps> they're they're going to be the heroes of Kang Dynasty. <gasps> Sorak, the guy who's not even a. He's just a person. <laughs> he's just a guy. Just a guy who thinks he's a vampire. Um, but so the ending ending of this is that uh, not. It turns out that um, Josh wasn't just using her for sex. Um, for evil. He actually is literally just evil. He's working for the bad guys and got her blood, which is like really upsetting to me. Yeah. I suppose when you think about it, the arc of this should be that Jen realizes that she doesn't need no man, right? Except for Flippy Boy. He sees Maybe. blind because he sees her for who she really is. Maybe. So your new theory, you want to run that down? So when I was writing this episode, I had a, an epiphany as if God himself spoke to me on the mountaintop. And I was like, wait a minute. She's talking about how guys don't really see her as Jen, but, but Daredevil's blind, so he only can see her as Jen. Of course, he's got to show up in episode eight and nine. Of course, he's He's gonna. They're gonna have a date. And they're gonna strike off a. They're, they're gonna try. Let me, let me preface it with try, not succeed, not be like, oh, it's me. I'm married to Daredevil. Now it's time for <laughs> Kang Dynasty. Not nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But I think something like that. Something like that's how they're gonna start. That's how the Matt Murdock Gen plot, and then Daredevil She Hulk. They might not be that. But who knows? I mean, yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be certainly be something. Is it too late to just introduce him though? If you're gonna make, I mean, I guess you could only you could do the very start of a romance yeah right he's got that show and he's born again yeah i as i was saying to you i mean i know you're not a big guy but like they um i'm a big guy a big big daredevil guy but usually his relationships are much more like i know angsty and tragic i know electra dies a hundred times yeah electra's been dead and karen page is overdosed he even glances at electra and bulls like just shoots her with a gun he's like that damn it stabs her through the heart and yeah Karen Page overdosed on heroin, I think. And Jesus. So, like... Oh, it's dark. Yeah, he's Daredevil. And the Catholic guilt. Thing. That's all he does. Uh, he's grim. He's like their Batman, Saturn. But red. <laughs> he's like their Batman, but not Egyptian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, uh, Moon Knight. He's like their Moon Knight, but not Egyptian. And then, and then, therefore, they're both Batman. Batman had Catholic guilt and Egyptian guilt? Yeah. So, he's usually not the... F- but, yeah, it would be very fun if... If in Daredevil uh, Born Again, just this whole time, he's just like, he's facing off of whoever and it's, it's tough. And it, but he's just got this like looming threat of like, I'll call my, I'll call my girlfriend. She'll come over here and, and then like, a, and then like finale, he calls She-Hulk and she just comes in and really like, cause I mean, as good as Daredevil is, she's, he's not like a She-Hulk power level, is he? No, no. She's she just, just a man. Like, she just starts like punching through because it's Daredevil. So it's still like grim and kind of gritty. So she's just like punching through like Russian mobsters. Yeah. Like, just but, like, like fist- Homelander. Yeah, exactly. Like home, it be, it just becomes an episode of the boys, <laughs> and She Hulk is just homeliner, and he's just she's just like smashing dudes and like crushing their heads in her skull and like smashing ripping, them, ripping them in half like a page of yeah, a book. Yeah, like like 
long ways <laughs> and just it's just chaos and she's like kingpin is I horrified can't. oh my god what she the- just like smashes kingpin's hands <laughs> she goes bye and then she goes home okay see you see you later honey he's like that was easy then she breaks the fall and we're like well that happened and she like look she breaks the fourth wall and is like they remember they these were all horrible violent criminals and they deserve but i'm not gonna kill pinkman that would be just like them <laughs> goodbye now <laughs> remember mood night episode six uh good stuff oh uh, but yeah maybe maybe they'll do it I think it'd be fun. I'm. Tra- I was trying to find right here if they've ever, if they've ever had a love interest thing. Have they? Well, this is someone who has the same thought you did that it's fitting for a blind guy to date her because of- I gotta kill that person so I, my idea doesn't break it. Apparently, there's a sneak. Oh, apparently, there's a part where she hook. Oh wait, I don't think. I-, I don't know. I feel like they. I'm trying to feel like they- this would have happened. There's some. It's like tickling something in the back of my head. I know that she's had a thing with Hercules. I was gonna say Hulk, but not Hulk. Hulk, not Hulk. Oh, buddy. Oh, well, like, say, isn't that old man Iron. Logan? What? Doesn't Hulk have inbred children? That's true. I don't know if it's with her. How is that he? That is weird. How yeah. is he getting the Hulks? That's a good point. I didn't even think of That's not what I meant, but that's... That's what happens. That is some unsettling implications. I meant Iron Man. Distract. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't think so. It doesn't seem like that's ever been an established comic. Who cares? Yeah, let's fuck it. We ball. That's what yeah, they've been on to. Flaunt. Fast and... Again, I don't know how that would do leading into Born Again, but then maybe get... Maybe I'm setting expectations in, a, in an unfair place by assuming Daredevil Born Again is going to try to still be gritty, super grim and gritty, when maybe it'll just be like this shit again, so. I people are, I don't people are, te- those those Daredevil are shaking their boots about it. Those little memes were about, like, Daredevil, like, just, like, the whole one movie's watching the movie, yeah, like, yeah. blank eye. Oh, I did, I have seen those. It's like, like, me watching Daredevil Born Again when it's just quips. I, I don't know, man. I know it's a bit of a cop-out almost to just defend whatever, because we're, like, we're shills, shills and we're consumed. We talked about this last week. But I just, I'm really at a point in my life where I'm just like, well, the other thing's still there. Like that Daredevil show, very it's good. It's on Disney and Plus. It's got three seasons, and they're very, and I think they're all quite good. I think it's almost each one better than the last, to be honest. I know people have differing opinions on the quality of all those seasons, but like, the show's really good and it's there. Like, just watch that if you want, like, real. I, I don't think it's going to be at that level again. I really doubt it that yeah. it's going to be at that level of, like, violence and effing and jeffing and whatnot. But. You know, if if Born Again doesn't meet those expectations, it's still there to just watch. Yeah, or maybe or maybe it will. Maybe. Charlie Cox is great, and that's the and Mrs. D'Onofrio key thing, isn't it? Yeah, the viewer and the villain got to be good, and they both are. So we think we're gonna get him next week, or absolutely what? Or what? <laughs> fucking if we, don't. if we don't, what are we fucking doing I here, saw fellas? A um on the Weekly Planet, I, maybe it was this week, last week. Um, one of them made the very funny joke, which is like, what if? What if this was all a joke, like for trailers? And at the very end of the final episode, um, oh, she, she Daredevil has not showed up, and he she breaks the fourth wall just to be like stuff that guy you're expecting to see. All for the trailer, <laughs> we just made that up. We never actually were going to put him in it. He will be so mad. I would be so mad. And I'd I respect he, it. I I would respect. respect I think it. it'd be funny. That's based. Well, because Meso said he was like, if Daredevil did it, or not Daredevil, Deadpool, Deadpool. did it, wouldn't people think that was funny? They oh, they would love it. They so love the little Deadpool. What would be the... Speaking of Deadpool, see the news? I did see the news. You checked me back for Deadpool 3. That's fun. They really gave they really gave him money, didn't they? They, they must spilled, have. They spilled his name right on that I track. saw he's already working out. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I did not. He's already in the gym. He oh, he's gotta be. He's Wolverine. He gets he gets absolutely ripped for those movies. Like, As just he ungodly. Should. Like, upsettingly so. Like Chris, like, uh, Chris Hemsworth in this yeah. last Star movie. He's a little more... I feel like he's a little more ripped. Less... Like Chris Hemsworth got huge. Just that. Like but he's just like just it's like the tight. difference between like yoked and like shredded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wants an egg. Yeah. <laughs> Can't shred an egg. But um. So yeah, d- holding up for Daredevil next week, I guess. Yes. Like, you never know. 
it'd be very funny if he just wasn't in it again. I, I think it'd be funny, but I wouldn't. And it'd be it'd be funny in hindsight. Why sure. I'd, be, I'd be like, well, now I'm a little mad. I, he showed me the helmet. Don't show me the helmet. I gotta give me the guy. <laughs> That's so funny. Every week, I almost get as much kick out of like tuning in every week and her not being in it. She'd be like, ah, goofs on the air. They're gonna be upset about. They're whining and whining because I'm just like, she's just fine. Enough. Yeah, I agree. Listen, here's the thing. We've enjoyed it at the level we've enjoyed it thus far. I don't actually think Daredevil showing up is gonna be like. Bah! Like it's just no. gonna be like, well, it's just it's the just lawyer She-Hulk guys in the lawyer Daredevil. show. Yeah, it's still just She-Hulk, but now Daredevil's in it. That was him. yeah. So it's making pretty guys can be like, oh, these yeah. are the best episodes of it, probably because it's like two cool characters, two superheroes talking to each other, pay off, and they're probably building towards the thing. Like it's se- it's seeming like at this point that Daredevil's gonna probably be involved in like the so sh- he can show up at the end to be like, I'm gonna help you with the big the big overarching villain thing. Yeah, and we'll take care of that. You and I, She-Hulk. So that'll be fun. But like otherwise, it's just it's not about Daredevil's. No. So. Never was. Right, well, prob- <laughs> Never was. <laughs> I can tack out of this into. Uh, let's do. Let's do uh, Lord of the Rings. We'll do Andor last. We did Andor first last week. So Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, episode six. Yep. Uh oh, volcano time. <laughs> Joe versus the volcano. Gladio versus the volcano. Theo versus the volcano. One of those has got to be the title. We all fight a volcano. I was doing a reference to that Tom Hanks movie, but that's a good one. We all I fight the you. volcano. Uh, how I how I learned to stop worrying and love the volcano. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> how I stopped worrying and loving Sauron. <laughs> no, not Sauron. Not Sauron. Um, so this one is entirely just um, the Battle of Helm's Deep. I mean, um, <laughs> what's what's it called? Oh, it's just Urdin. Udin. Udin. How do you know what that is? It's the the word for orc. Oh. Is it? Is that Uruk? Oh no, you're right. I don't know what the fuck Udin is. Um, Goog. But so yeah, it's just it's just Arendir and Galadriel this week, or whatever Galadriel, Elendil, the the, the Numenorans. I think so. They're finally did the thing we, which is they get to the south to help, which is crazy because it's the it end puts of... it in almost weirder contrast. Yeah. Because <laughs> again, it's like it's all been like one day and night for the Southlanders, and then somehow the Numenorans have been doing days. They like. It's been, it's, but it's like they, they are going to leave and then they decide not to leave and their ship burns and then they decide to leave and then they sail all the way there and then they still get there in time. Right at the peak moment. Not, not before people are like murdered. So that's, I mean, good on them though, I guess, right? Yeah, they're trying. So, um, yeah, they, they do the attack on the tower, but, um, they booby trap it. And that was fun. I enjoyed that moment of like, he's doing some like elven swiftness and yeah, sure footedness. Yeah. And agility and things. And it seems to deal with a pretty big blow. Get a bunch of the orcs at once with falling towers tower. and stuff, um, which is all right. That's pretty cool. So we do that and then it's looking pretty good, but then they have, to, then they have to hole up in a town, which like, I mean, it was pretty, it seemed like a worthy trade, the big, as many orcs as they took out with that move there, but it was like, that was a much better defensible position in this town wasn't it you yeah. think but so then they set up in the town they do a bunch of home alone they like set up booby traps and whatnot or they just do a big battle man they're like setting fires to pen them in and then they're fighting a bunch and they're doing all right and i think they've killed them all and then it's revealed that there are orcs there but most of them are just like the people who change a lot sides. of them are those humans that switch sides and they find that upsetting and iron deer fights a big orc for a while he has like an yeah like, oh my god you're so much bigger than me it's a big long drawn out fist fight Render kind of sucks at fighting. Yeah, he's not ideal, is he? I mean, no. he's pre- I mean, he's better than. I guess it's hand to hand is the move, huh? Yeah, he's a bowman, so I guess you can't can't be too mad at him for not being. But like, yeah, he just gets thrown around a lot. Isn't this supposed to be your thing? Do some like sword fighting, would you? Please, you're um, you're hundreds of years old, thousands of years old. I don't know. In general, with this episode, I found it a bit uh a bit morbid with like all the deaths and stuff. Very graphic, like just so weird. But it's just it just goes to how like the setting and the in the universe and all that. It, 
affects that for me because like it just doesn't feel very Tolkien not to be that guy about it right yeah but it's like it really is this grim like everyone's getting their throats slit they're all being impaled on swords and stuff throughout this episode. and it's like that's it's fucking grim man all the know. blood gushing out of their bodies oh my god yeah so there's the orc who gets his eye stabbed out and he's bleeding all over iron deer, iron deer into his mouth Ugh. with your with his gross green black orc blood and then bronwyn gets shot with an arrow at one point to take it out and there's this like drawn out surgery type scene on her which is just essentially amounts to rip the arrow out and then smear shit on her and then <laughs> burn it and now she's fine it's not do like anything else not clean it her shoulder's probably shattered but that's fine i guess it works just fine now it's all fucking fixed important but it's like there's all kind of blood coming out of that and i'm just like this is this is a bit much for yeah uh i i think it was i didn't mind it too too much but i definitely see what you're saying like it definitely is a departure from like the more like fantastical i guess violence of it yeah it's not that anyone no one dies it's just not as like real graphic yeah it's literally not graphic of like showing like oh that person's throat is open they're mm-hmm. bleeding everywhere there it is and it's like it's all these villagers too which i find really i don't i just don't yeah i don't like because they're not even like soldiers or like they're trying orcs to, and stuff they're, they're defending just, their home because they have yeah, to yeah they're just like people and they're just getting like lit up with arrows at one point and i'm just like this is kind of just upsetting uh, i really don't love it it doesn't really vibe with me to what this is which i don't know we talked about that last week with a different property of like this is a bit of grim and not fun <laughs> Yeah, um, but with Lord of the Rings in particular, again, I kind of feel that that way. But I don't know; it's whatever. Um, uh, they have like a God, like you—they're just kind of doing everything. Like you said, that's kind of Helm's Deep, and then things are looking real grim, and the the orcs are overtaking them. But then, right, the the Numenorans show up. They do a they do a bit of an awkward of the seventh day or cut whatever. between the darkness and the sun because they go into this really poorly lit like. It seems at night, it's like, it's seemingly, from what I thought, it was the dead of night, but based on what the thing wants, it's almost dawn by the time they all start, like, they're all in the building, they all want the weird sword thing Theo has that he's stabbing himself with with blood, Uh, and they're stabbing people, and then right, yeah, like, the Numenorans come and they save them, kill all the orcs, uh, Galadriel chases down the father guy, Adar, Adar? Adar. What's his name? Adar. Uh, And they chase him down, and then Handrin just, like, goes around goes twice as far to catch him somehow he's super quick even though Okaladra says her magic quick word and her horse goes faster but whatever uh he's gonna kill him and then she's like maybe you know a shortcut because he knew the land that's true he might and he she went no don't kill him i got a question if you kill him you'll be no better no not really moon knight season episode six she does do like yeah she's you shouldn't kill him which happens twice which is super because they do the full-on like Right as he's about to hit him with the thing, he's like, "Stop!" And then he, he stops like inches from it, which I hate. I, again, I it, I really felt it um this week. Uh, the writing in this show is just it's not like it's not mind-numbingly horrible, but it's it's kind of it's a little simple and like kind of nothing. It's it's pretty nothing. It's I feel I feel like it really leans on like tropey cliche stuff like that. Like that's just not that that if that's the thing you need to happen in your story, right? For this for the the plot. That's fine, but just like that, that presentation of it, of like the full on like stop at the last second while his spear is about to come down, like that's so we've seen that a million fucking so times. So goofy, right? like we don't need. Come on, like you couldn't do that any better. Mm. And it just it, there's there's tons of that. Like you called out when um Bronwyn's having a chat with uh, the queen, and she's like, "Oh, you, you, I thank you for saving them." And she, no, you saved the... them. And it's like, yeah, we. Get I don't want to be a leader. Few leaders. Do yes, so do all who live through such times. times. Uh, okay, we or just it. like Dune, you know, you'll still be the my son or whatever. I'm Dune. 
when yeah, we, I watched Heavy as the Head That Wears the Crown. crown duty so. heavier than a mountain, lighter than a feather. And fucking this it's all just it's all just like fucking layered with cliche and like fucking yeah. trope he, and stuff he at meets, time. Uh Heldrin meets uh Bronwyn and she sees his little pouch that he stopped wearing around his neck for some fucking reason. I guess he's wearing armor. Mm-hmm. But we think he'd still put under your armor so it wouldn't get, I don't know, knocked off. Because you'd need that, it seems. Uh and um she goes Hey, that's the sigil of our promised king. You want to be our king? And in the most nonchalant, goes, yeah, I guess I am. It's like, I don't know, man. If my promised king responded like that, I'd be like, mm, who are who are you really, buddy? Are you the guy I actually want? <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be king. Also, I just love it now. I think there are seeds in that pouch to grow the tree from Gondor. Oh, yeah? Because it looks like the pouch that Arwen uses to have the little seeds. You think so? I just thought of it just now. Could be. Could be. Could have seeds in there. Could just have some coin. <laughs> just to buy a nice snack if you get hungry. Package. Yeah, no, no. They they talk about trees a freaking lot. He uses trees to cut to dam up her wound with for whatever reason. Or those seeds that he was like, you plant them before the battle. Then he's like, actually, I'll just smear them onto your open. I'll, wound. I'll make an oat blood mix and then set on fire. Gross. That can't be. That can't be like I good no, for healing. I still don't even know what the idea there was. He mixes it with her blood, smushes it onto the wound, and then they poke a hot stick on it. I think to burn it like, to make like a patch. Yeah. What? Is that, does that, is that anything? I know you would sterilize. I know you can, like, you use fire to, like, cauterize them, but you would right. just use, like, you would just you, touch the it. The is you just kind of... You'd hold the skin together. you melt your skin together, basically. Yeah. I don't know what the, yeah, what the seeds in the blood had to do with it. It's magic. More like, than it not. may as well be. He may as well just poured some water on it for all it didn't. Yeah. Um, and then, basically, the culmination of it is, like, it's looking good, and, uh, well, Ellen deals, and he's doing the fight. The new ones don't honestly do that well. Like, a lot of them kind of struggle. Glad you was doing some cool stuff. I actually yeah. appreciate that. I always love when, like, the elf is, like, and you're just like, oh, elves are just super, they just are crazy. She's, like, yeah. dodging arrows and spears and she's, shit. Like, she's doing the side saddle. She's, yeah. like, falling to her side. Pretty Very cool. Sweet. But then you have, like, the, the, off the, uh, Isildur's friend, who's like the lieutenant now, at one point he like leaps off of his horse to tackle an orc. That's absurd. So stupid. Why wouldn't you? Why would you do that? And then his friend gets pulled off cavalry. his horse. They all like like one half of the Numenorans seemingly, who are all cavalry who've who have come. They all get like fallen or ripped off or whatever their horses. And it's like let's ho- horses do cavalry do well against like these Flex guys are like armored cavalry and they like just like basically like light and it's this is like if if my Rome total war. <laughs> knowledge is any application here that should be that should be a slam dunk from yeah because they didn't have pikes the orcs didn't have pikes to break the the charge so like they should be easy easy money they don't even have archers they have nothing no crossbows no crossbows what the hell this guy should just be rolling over steamrolling over them like the like the knights of the veil but absolutely so they all get ripped off their horse and really struggle isildur has to save his dad which is a nice moment because he's like maybe you're not such a fuck up surely Um, you won't like abandon (laughs) they're like fought the worst time but then he's not even like later on he's not even good with his horse his dad has to be stop being so freaked out around the horse you're you're freaking freaking the horse out out. like what are you talking but then uh so then they have a good then he's like we'll we'll hunt down the rest of the orcs it'll be sweet oh so then we have a moment where she's like interrogating him um and she's like i think are you one of the first orcs are you one of the uh elves that morgoth took and corrupted and made so it's it's kind of a play off the lore and the situation there because there's in tolkien lore there's like multiple given potential origins for the orcs and that's one of them is that they're corrupted elves which is one i think that's like less favored right so because it's one of those things where like there is no in a lot of cases there's no one consistent tolkien lore because he has multiple writings that'll contradict themselves but i don't think that is the strongly agreed upon one but 
Uh, apparently, that's the one that they go with this, is that technically they are somehow the forefathers, basically, of all orcs is these corrupted elves. That is what he is, and he's like, he calls Uruks, which doesn't make any sense because that's not... Uruk is just, I think, the black speech word for orc. Orc. So they're all orcs. They're all Uruk. That's whatever. But so that's what they have a whole discussion. And he's like, actually, I don't like Sauron because Sauron's making us all do stuff. I'm gonna, we're gonna be free. I'm just gonna lead all our us orcs to just be cool and take back the land. We don't actually, we're not actually involved with Sauron. And she's like, I don't believe you. You're kind of probably lying to me. I think. Um, and he says he actually he killed Sauron, so, and he's just leading this army just cause, just to yeah, just to take back the land, which is weird because it's like, is that your land? You guys are like a recent addition to the whole world here, relatively. Yeah, I you're think. digging your holes. I don't know how that works, but yeah. So that's and he, and she almost kills him, but then uh, Haldrin stops her from. And then they almost kiss. Yeah, they have a moment where she's he's like, you know what? I really liked fighting with you. She's like, I liked fighting with you, and then they're like. And the guy's like, oh, Gledril, we gotta do this. And he's like, oh, no. So, I guess that's just ending. I, I was hoping they weren't actually gonna go this route when these two characters met and all, but... Well, that was foolhardy of you. Yeah, clearly. Attractive lady, attractive man, Zach. Um, as I said to you, like, she needs to get, like... A well, husband. Married. Married and kids, so then Elrond can have a wife. So that Elrond can marry her daughter. <laughs> but... I don't know. Who cares at this point? Just do whatever you shit. want, I guess, guys. Fuck it. Uh, but then the old guy has the sword. He, he like, snuck away with it. He shoves it in the ground and opens, the like, a dam. And then this water goes everywhere. And then the water gets into the mountain. And the water sets off the... Volcano. Volcano. And there's a massive... Explosion. Crazy volcanic eruption that launches fucking... Fire and everywhere. For, like, everywhere. And starts landing on the village. Which, again, is just, like, more of these poor village folk getting fucking brutally killed by like flaming rocks that are like crashing in it's upsetting yeah. just they really put the poor villagers through it this episode man. oh yeah no, like, like, in a big way yeah but it's just going crazy it's it's absolutely raining like it's like a meteor shower I mean, yeah. like, are volcanic eruptions really like that depends. that's how it's always portrayed in like movies and it shit. depends how uh, volcano that size yeah do they really launch rocks like that and shit they can yeah, yeah it's crazy they're pretty well i mean they're like i mean i, if you, I was thinking about it, like if you were just i mean you go back far enough you're like a medieval, especially a medieval guy. You saw a volcano, you'd be like, I think the world's ending. Well, it could be, right? Oh, yeah. Don't they say much. that about um Yellowstone? They say like that. Like, if Yellowstone goes, I know it's like one of those things where it's not likely to go off ever. Yeah. Or at least in, like, appreciable yeah. in, time. In, in any time of human civilization, it won't go off. But if it did, wouldn't it, like... It'd fuck everything up. It would, like, end the world, right? It's uh, enough to, like, choke out the sun for, like... A long time and stuff. Right? At least over us, it probably wouldn't. It wouldn't choke. It wouldn't choke it the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. It uh, United States would be done. The like crops would die and things. Oh yeah, the world. Uh, I think the last time it got blocked out, the temperature dropped like I was gonna say it can cause like an ice age. Degrees. Uh, two is not well, no, the, this, this, this is a, I know, but I'm saying a different. Yeah. This actually happened with a different volcano uh-huh. like the ninety, uh, not the ninety, excuse me, nineteen hundreds early. And oh, a, and a, that caused two degrees. That caused a two oh, degree shift, and, oh. and that was called the year without a summer. So just oh. two degrees Celsius will f- make it like be cold all the time. So one so, of yeah. those big ones could cause a- could just yeah an ice age like okay. cause like even five degrees would just be like death catastrophic catastrophic winter would be like Game of Thrones level winter like deep snows and big spiders. all those big spiders would come out the big spiders yeah they would yeah. ride pider- pale spiders as big, big as hounds and yeah, the, yeah. the walkers would come and then we need to Zora High to kill his wife or but instead of a gun it'd be an AR fifteen bullet. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sweet. And go America and boom. But um, yeah, she just stood there amidst the rubble for a while as it just rains freaking fire, which is kind of like, Gladriel, we get it. You're like all dramatic and stuff, but like help people. Come on, Gladriel. Yeah. You're not really endearing yourself to me sometimes, man. As you as you say every time she's on screen, like, can you make a different face? You're so like, again, that's she's got to grow. I get that to some level, but like, but Jesus, man. Grow a little bit quicker. Start growing, would you? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, we're running out of time, lady. <laughs> you're just all like mad about it. Like, we get it. Except that one time you rode a horse. You were like ecstatic. Yeah. So much so that I was like, is this the same actress? The the face of her is so different. I like took me off guard. But, but yeah. Uh, it looks like next week we're gonna be dealing with the just, aftermath. They of just that. cover her in ash. Actually covered in ash. Oh, I hate to film that. It's cool. This is from I, and I saw I was like, oh, this is one of the shots, one of the stills they released early on. Yeah, it's like, like a promo still. Standing there with the sword over her shoulder as chaos erupts around Nate. But um it's it's really grim. In the in the preview for the next episode, it looks like the whole town is like still gone. and gone and i was like I was glad you're like one of the last ones if they killed like even more of those townspeople i want to be upset because again they're just like the nice little town folk we talked about last week but like tolkien's world is supposed to be like just a little bit more whimsical kind of whimsical and hopeful i mean we're out of whimsy for the net for last number yeah we're out of whimsy so i guess i guess <laughs> i guess amazon prime was too <laughs> Because this is not super whimsical, is it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit grim. It's a little less it's heavy. And yeah, it's, it's this whole village was just like a race. slaughtered. And then now they just got... Not even the village. They the whole countryside is in a, a wasteland. Yeah, they've all... Because, well, yeah, episode one, we already saw like, oh, this whole town's gone. They They're corrupted. all enslaved or dead. Ah, I don't care for this. All those elves got captured as well. Yeah, all the elves are dead. He's the only... Now a- the Numenor showed up and they get a volcano erupts on them that's rough yeah their first time back in middle earth the worst thing that could ever happen happened right on top of them they were kind of right like, yeah they should have just stuck to their <laughs> yeah let their island sink into the sea but um next week we get nori and we get the dwarves again and stuff so. balrog maybe gandalf maybe who knows who cares yeah i really i really after the fact we were talking about last week we were like where is this gonna where's the uh the dwarf elf plot gonna because it's like they seem to be the, the interpersonal conflict isn't really here because every Every kind of hurdle they get to, they just kind of talk it out like adults. Yeah, it's refreshing. But it's like I don't think there's going to be any massive drama of like a, a massive heel turn by Elrond or, or Durin. Durin. No. They seem to be pretty cool with each other. So where's the where's the conflict going to come if it's not internal? It's like I was like, oh wait, we know there's a Balrog in this because of trailers, and they're literally like the the thing that they're doing is like, oh, we need a bunch of Mithril to fix the tree and to, to build stuff, and it's just cool, and we love Mithril, we want Mithril, and I was like, oh, wait. The whole thing is that they dug too gre- greedily and too deep. And they were awakened the ancient evil. The Balrogs. So they found this Mithril vein and they're just going to be digging and digging and digging for it because they need a bunch for all these purposes. And they're probably just going to unleash a Balrog. I'd say so. Oh, it'll be unfortunate for them. <laughs> oh, I, no, yeah, definitely. Khazad-dum is going to have a bad time. It's going to be called the Moria, I think. People won't really live there anymore. No, no. That's <laughs> all right. It's all right. They got other places. They can go to the Iron Hills. So I'm sure there's no dragons hiding there. They can go live in Erebor. Or the Lonely Mountain. The one? Which one's that? Isn't that where Erebor is? I don't know. Where's where's Thorin from? The Lonely Mountain. Isn't that Erebor, though? Isn't that the name of the... Oh. I I do not know. No, Dale is there. Dale is is little... Yeah. Oh, beautiful. The Lonely Mountain is... Beautiful. Gotta love it. Dope. Anything else? Perfect. Now you're taking the final thing. Andor episode four. Woo. Woo. Um, this one's called, I don't even know. It's called Aldani. Aldani. I'll write the planet. So we pick up where we leave off. Uh, They're on the ship, and Luthen's like, don't bleed all over my ship, man. He's like, heal yourself. And I thought when he was like, get a blue pack, I thought it was going to be a fun little Star Wars spray. He'd spray himself, and he'd go, shh. But it was just like, 
gauze. Yeah, there's like no, there's been no Bacta. There's been a significant lack of Bacta. The fuck? Because then he gives him, he even gives him some, and he's like, this is Mednog. You just, it's just like a drink you have to drink. And I was like, that's also kind of, you should be this. No further explanation given, just like Mednog. Like, is that painkillers? Is that antibiotics? Is that just some weird everything in a goop? Ooh, goop. That'll it just heal everything goop? Probably yeah. that more than anything. But like, yeah, there's no, there's no, they haven't mentioned back to one, but not a single time. So he's kind of pick up where they left off. And Cassian's like, listen, I didn't agree to do anything really. I just wanted to get out of there with my life. And he's, you're alive, aren't you? So let's talk about what I want to do for. And he's like, and they kind of basically pick up that conversation where they left off in the warehouse there. Yeah. And he's like, listen, don't you want to actually like do something worthwhile? And he's like, oh, I see what this is. You're a rebel guy. Not a fan of those rebels. You guys are idiots because we're going to lose. So he's, he's he's real defeatist about it. He's, he's being a real, he's being a mope. Negative Nancy about real it. Real negative Nancy about it, really. And he's like, listen, you, you're going to be a rebel or a separatist or a partisan or whatever the hell, but like, it's all worthless because the Empire is too big and strong of a shit about it, aren't you? You'd be Cassian. kind of, yeah. Um, and he, Cass, we get some Cassian backstory. He talks about how like, after he was in prison, it seems, because we know he's in prison a little bit from the episode, the Empire conscripted him into the army and he fought on Mimban, yeah. which is where Han Solo fought. Oh, and that when he beginning of Solo, yeah, the horrible mud planet. Right. Yeah, that's Mimban. He's one of the So him and Solo are one, two of the 50 to survive. I don't know. It's 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 questionable, right? It's I'm it's not totally clear yeah. to me what was all meant by that cuz he says at one point he's like and at the end it turns out we were fighting ourselves. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means literally or figuratively or what. Yeah. Because it seems unlucky to me that they were literally just like shooting it. Oh, maybe they were. Because like, if you remember in Solo, the um, the Mimbanese are never seen. Yeah. Um, so I guess it could have just be like this whole like fog of war thing of like it was so messed up and muddled and that like there was there's very few enemies and it was just a lot of like friendly chaos. Fire. I don't know. It could be. But um, Luthan also calls him out because he's like, I know you, bro. I did my research. You served there for six months and you were a cook. Yeah, you ran away. <laughs> you deserted. Like, Ooh, you. Oh, I was cool though. No, I, I survived. Listen, I don't got anything wrong with being an imperial deserter. Fuck him. Don't fight in the Empire's war. But yeah, it's kind of funny still that he calls him out. Like, you're being a bit of a, being a bit of, you're being a bit dishonest with me. Right? Being a hypocrite. So, lo- loving Luthan still. He's he's real great. He's great. And they take him to the planet of in question. I was like, he's like, you want to do a job then? Always he's a job like, in Star Wars. It's always a, always a job. Um, so he's like, all right, if you're not in it for the cause, money, give you 200,000 credits if you do this job. It's got big stakes, big danger. We're going to steal the entire payroll for an entire Imperial sector, which is fun. That's a fun heist, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Stealing. The- you said that, I was like, oh, they're doing a heist? This is Love a heist. sweet. And that's a lot. That's like a lot of money. There's like this music cue when it ha- when he's like, it's an entire payroll for an imperial site, and then he's like, or whatever. And I was like, whoa, okay. And that, that feels like it should be a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a ton. So Definitely. he's like, we're gonna do it. And so he brings him to Eldani. Like, all right, Cassie, here's my advance on your job. Here, it's this crystal. It's uh, just remember this recalled invasion and all this and that. Give it to you. It's worth at least fifty thousand dollars. Don't take any less than fifty. But know that no matter what you could get to it from someone else. It always be worth to me, worth more to me, because he understands he understands where it came from. Clearly, he's got yeah. that element. Also, there's probably some personal like little attachment to it. See, so he wants it back. Yeah, which I think is a cool moment because Cassian. The only the only thing he can think of is like you're giving me fifty thousand as an advance on two hundred thousand. But I saw that and I think well, he clearly believes Cassian. Yeah, because he's like, I want that back, and Cassian's like, Oh, if I live, and it's like, well, clearly he thinks you'll live, otherwise he wouldn't have given it to you, would he? Right. Yeah. Um. Which is kind of neat because it 
kind of contradicts um, what he says later on. Uh, that or like maybe he's lying to Cassian just then. This is the fascinating thing to me about Luthor. You don't know. I feel like we have no clue really what he's about. Like I don't I don't know that we have yet seen whatever the realist version is. Right, yeah. Because immediately after this, he goes to have a convo with a new character who is Velsartha. So she's the she's the head of this little rebel cell here that's planning this job. And she's like, you're bringing this guy in the last minute. Who's this guy? Blah, blah, blah. I don't, he's going to disrupt the team. And what do we even need him for? And he's a freaking he's a a mercenary. mercenary. And we're, we're genuine, like, we believe in the cause. We're down for the cause. And this guy's just doing it for the money and you want to bring him on. And he's like, listen, you don't have enough people. You don't, you don't have enough people. This guy's a bit of redundancy because he's a bit of a jack of all trades. He can fill in for anybody on the job. Anything goes wrong. So use him. You either use him or you don't do it because you don't have enough. Tell him it was but your idea. Don't moment, mention like, me. It's, it's whatever. He's, he's just a mercenary. That way, if he dies, he's expendable. It doesn't matter. But clearly, that's not him telling the truth either. So yeah, he's, he's lying to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I think fun. Again, it's like, what is... What is he really, right? Yeah. Because when he's do- talking to Cassian, I think he's mostly got like a bit of a salesman like pitch on because he's like trying to convince him of it. And then when he when he first starts his conversation with Vel here, he's like kind of being like nice and really kind of like friendly and like, oh, you're doing really great out here. Like because he's trying to, you know. Sweet talker. Sweet talker a bit because he knows she's going to be upset by this. <laughs> But then I really like that eventually he gets sick of it because she's she's giving him too much to and she's being kind of childish about it. And then he's like, listen, you know, I'm right. Like, let's come on. You know, you need it. Like, can we stop the argument? And then at one point she's like all looking away from him. She doesn't want to beat his eye. And he's just like, just mid-sentence. He's just like, look at me. <laughs> she yells at her. He yells at her. And it's like, it's a bit of like, whoa. Like, even watching it, there's a genuine kind of startlement reaction. Yeah. You're like, whoa. He means business. And you're like, is that is that real Luthan or is that Luthan like I got to put on my dad voice to get her to understand? But like, I don't even know if that's like what he's really feeling in that moment. But he's like, yeah. listen, you want to be a leader? This is leading. Like, get after it. So he sends them off and they go and they're, they're doing yeah, it. He goes by Clem now. I Endor. Which is his, was his dad. Oh, yeah. So, um, and she's like, this is the Highlands. Uh, people used to live here, but the Empire got rid of them all because capital- mm, capitalism. They put an Amazon fulfillment center here. <laughs> And all the locals have to work there now. Which is just, it really, yeah. Everywhere we go, this show is really driving home that, like, Empire sucks. Yeah. Like that meme you sent me of, uh, I'm no longer asking. <laughs> yeah. It was every other Star Wars um, property, and it's like, I'm once again asking you to recognize that Star Wars is political. And then it's Andor, and he's got a gun, and he says, I'm no longer asking. <laughs> and it's Bernie Sanders. It's Bernie, it's Bernie Sanders. I'm once yeah. again asking for your financial support. I'm once again asking you, the Empire <laughs> controls... And in Dominant Morch of the Wealth, they own all the checks pieces. <laughs> I intend to give the pretzel bits and the ride chips back to the lower 1% of the outer rim. This I swear. My opponent, Sheev Papatine, <laughs> will do no such thing. And then they killed him, and that was the part of episode one. That's right. I think it's pretty on the... I think that's the plague is prequel novel. Right? <laughs> and they kill political opponent Bernie Sanders. <laughs> oh no. God's plague is no. So... Yeah, it's tough. But so he meets the whole crew. He meets the Saldani crew. We get, and they're all kind of skeptical of him. Um, we see the space AKs. Uh, we got the poncho this episode too. That's we did. Po- nice so, poncho. I guess I was. I guess it wasn't fully on. I guess we missed something or misunderstood something. Because I thought I f- for sure there was a young Cassian in the poncho. I thought so too. So I don't know what that's about. Maybe we'll see. But I guess not because the poncho clearly was for this place. For this place. Take forty seven look as. Isn't like it's like looks more Star Warsy in this. Like, I'm looking at it differently. I think in motion and like you're not focusing on much. I had I had the same thought. I mean, it's still you look at it. And you're like, yeah. I think maybe if I had just seen it in the show for the first time instead of in the trailer, in the like, trailer where I get to pause it and stare at it for like minutes at a time, and everyone on YouTube has a big red circle around yeah, everyone it. Everyone on YouTube and on Twitter 
pauses it and screenshots it and overanalyzes it. I think that's probably ruined it for me. So despite as <laughs> much uh, we went on and on about it, it's probably whatever. <laughs> it's probably fine. It's probably fine, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe next week it'll they'll use it and it'll just shoot like an AK. It'll just would be normal bullets and I'll be like, you're just loading up magazines. He's just loading magazines and they're just like, we have we have these guns. They're like, they're what? This is a firearm. This is an assault rifle, Cassie. Like what? A blaster? No, no. This is a look at this. This is a four inch round. It'll pierce imperial armor. But yeah, we meet the assault crew. They're kind of nice. They're all like big motley crew, but they're like the one guy. Damn, I fail to remember. He's very nice. He's kind of the innocent. He's dead. He's dead. No chance he's making No chance. He's dead. Uh, the, he's going to die. The other guy's going to be really sad about his friend dying because they're introduced together. I've I've seen stories. I know how this song and dance goes. They're doing a heist. He's like a bit of a nerd, and he's like, he likes the stars. Not phenomenal. He's got the, he likes the sand table diagram they've built. And he's like, oh, the glue. The glue gets a little, let me, I'll be careful with it. And then he's also, he has this moment where they're all like arguing about bringing him on. And like, I can see that he's got the belief in him. And he's he going to die a horrible death. He doesn't. He's just here for the money right now. Yeah. But your death will galvanize him towards leaving something real. We, we meet him and he's falling asleep. And he's like, hey, don't fall asleep. Very. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that guy's alone for this world. God bless him, but he's dead. Um, and then it turns out they have a man on the inside. They've got an imperial lieutenant who's on their team, which is cool. Um, yeah. He did his little arc of being good now. And so their whole thing is that they're gonna break into this this garrison, steal the money, load it on this old shuttle that they have there, and then fly it away. And Cassian's like, but there's this air base that you told me about. Those tie fighters will be on us in no time. They're like, we've timed it perfectly so that it matches up with this closing of the eye. This um. Celestial man. Astronomical phenomena where there's like this meteor shower type scenario and that'll cover escape. And so they just got to time it perfectly and everything and then they're they're home free. Yeah. But so. of course, you've seen a heist movie. The plan can't work. Probably something's going to go wrong. And they're going to have to take a different ship and Cassian's going to probe himself and they're all yeah, going to yeah. be like, man, you're actually really great at this. Maybe you should be in Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And he goes, I don't know what that is. Maybe you should uh, shoot a man in a back alley. <laughs> That's your introduction to your character. How do you... Th- do you think that's a good use of your skills and temperament? Probably. Probably. Uh, so yeah, there. I don't. Do you think we're gonna get a heist next week or is it third week? Are we gonna? Are we doing little three week batches? Again? I feel like I could kind of see the like, other side. Of I that. think I think we might get more chorus on stuff next week. That could be very possible because they set up a lot with Mon Mothma and all that. Speaking of Mon Mothma. Speaking of Mon Mothma. Also, the way we can introduce to that. So Luthen, after he drops off Cassian to play with his friends, <laughs> he's got to go back home. So he goes back to Coruscant. So. Crazy, right? Like, cool. well, I'm not crazy. I mean, I guess people are really freaking out about seeing Coruscant. Um, it's cool and all. I guess I'm not wasn't freaking out that much because this came as no surprise to me because of the trailers. Trailer. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's cool and all. Don't get me wrong. Um, this is crazy enough. It seems weird to even say, but except for one brief snippet in Rogue One, this is the first time we've seen Coruscant in since the, the prequels, which seems weird that in the told the whole you know, Star Wars current. Movies generation of star wars they never went to coruscant in a movie they were supposed to yeah duel of the fates but uh didn't work out like we just didn't get that which is wild so this is the first time we've seen it in any of these disney plus shows or anything i guess so here it is you know oh yeah neat stuff 
So we get his whole thing, this, his his alter ego, which we we got a sense of from the trailer and all. Um, this is it's cool to see it really full out because now that we've gotten you know an episode and a half, two two and a half, I guess, yeah, to kind of breathe with him and see what he's all about. Seeing him do the switch is really interesting. So it's this really cool scene. It's like there's nothing, no dialogue, obviously, or anything. It's just him getting ready. He's put on his wig and his, his jewelry and his, his purple costume. coat, and it's just this like crazy moment where he just kind of is like it's on his face and. Like, mm-hmm. All right, and he drops it. He's a real, real master, like Dis- yeah, Manipulate. deceiver, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so his cover, it turns out, is that he's a he's An- like an art collector. Yeah, antique salesman. And, yeah, antique antique guy with all this, all these rare, just fun. Um. And he's at his little shop, and Mon Mothma shows up. So get interested in Mon Mothma. Oh yeah. Woo woo. Big Love ups it. to Mon Mothma. Big fan. Um. And he, would I would I could I interest you in something for your husband? All this and that. But then they they sneak off into the back room while his assistant distracts the bad guy who's the, her uh, driver. And then they talk and they're like, "Rebel, rebel, rebel, rebel stuff, rebel stuff, rebel, 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 rebel stuff, rebel money, 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 give me money." She, um, she's like, mm. "So the struggle they need money is the struggle right now." And she's like, "I have money, I can get you money, me, but it's hard to move it without getting detected." And something I don't know the money. And she's like, "There's someone I think you can help us. Like, I got I want to bring him." And at first he's like, "I don't know, man. That seems like a bad idea." Yeah, more, more, more mouths to feed, and should keep getting followed. More people, yeah. And, and she's talking about how like feels like they're kind of catching on, but not directly. But like, yeah, she goes to the bank, and everyone's different, and she doesn't recognize anyone. There's something else. It's like everywhere she goes, it feels like everyone's getting replaced, and, and she doesn't. Rec- they're changing her driver and all this, and it's just the level of control. Obviously, the player has pretty spooky. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but then eventually it comes around, and he's like, all right, whatever you feel, you got to do. Do it do it um and so it go- then goes home and, and she's meeting the said husband which is interesting so when she even when she just first said that she's like i'm looking for a gift for my husband i was like what um which was just like because it's not anything i had ever like known about or conceived of before that my mother would have a husband right mm. uh, which it's it just interesting i don't know it's just one of those things like oh yeah i'd never thought of that before it didn't strike me as particularly odd or anything like, i guess she could have a husband why not uh, but i wonder why we'd never heard of him or anything yeah um <laughs> And then we meet him, and I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> he's a shithead. <laughs> um, he loves, loves, loves the Empire. He's, yeah, he's kind of the worst. So she rolls up to their house. He's getting ready for, like, a dinner party, and she's like, wait, what? what is this about? He's like, oh, it's my friend. And she's like, oh, gosh, yes. And, I, and then he's, she's like, all right, well, let me look at the guest list. And on the guest list are such notable names as Lars Drenger and Sly Moore. And she's like, what? These people suck. So the are, do you know who these people are? Not What's a clue. Name? So Lars Drenger and Sly Moore. Lars Drenger is a character who is... It's one. Of, it's like, like I don't know, good eighty percent of Star Wars characters where they appear on a on a screen and then they're given retroactively. Yeah, yeah. He's in episode six, maybe as one of Palpatine's advisor guys. Um, Sly Moore is in, I think, all the prequel. Um, pull up a picture so you can see just what we're just what we're dealing with here because um, her husband, uh, Perrin, there specifically says that they're fun. That the they're reason they're invited is because they're fun and jovial, jovial, and they'll sit at his end of the table with a fun table. So basically, I, I think. Um, just gonna say, I don't think, I don't think he's, uh, their, their relationship has lasted for, that's Sly Moore. Huh. She's on Baron. She's kind of terrifying. She's yeah. a force adept. Um, she is one of Palpatine's absolute closest, like. Confidants. Confidants, along with, um, the. Blue guy? Vizier there, the blue guy. Masamate Vizier, the Grand Vizier. Um, yeah, she's the worst. She, she actually knows that he's a Sith Lord and everything. Like, she's that. Oh, she's that close. She's that close. And again, she has like her own force powers and shit. Um, so they're basically, their disconnect comes at, he's like, well, why can't we just have fun? And why? And I've seen a lot of people make the joke that like he's, he's in real life. He'd be the like, why do they got to try to put politics in my Star Wars? Yeah, they would be. 
Um, he's just this like really wishy-washy like, well, come on. I just want to have fun though. Why does it matter what they're doing? If I can just have fun and enjoy myself. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, you goober. This is tough. And, and apparently, uh, Genevieve O'Reilly has already said in an interview at some point or something that like they got married when they were teenagers and that's kind of, so that factors in the relationship, which I can kind of see because like it, it is, you know, just on face value, like how do two people who are so clearly this different. different how they end up together like and it's like oh they were young and they were different and before circumstances change like wait obviously when they got together the empire didn't exist it was the republic and so she wouldn't have known this side of him and everything so it's i think it's you know an interesting dynamic they have going still yeah. again like like we said last week like even though his character is not super uh likable believable. he's interesting yeah. yeah he's well and like cool to see where this goes i don't like i said i think that this will also show the end of their marriage in whichever form that's going to take because i can't see this guy ever being involved with the republic the rebellion, or not the, the rebellion. Um, I actually think my, I was going to, I wanted to do like a, a theorizing right here, right now. I think he's going to like trip him, die. They're going to have to kill him. Just get rid of him? Yeah. I think that it's going to be like a grim moment for like Mon Mothma and, you know, this early rebellion. You know, she's the more idealistic type is that at some point in her past here, she had to murder, not, not maybe her, but like she's got to give the order or someone's got to come do it. We had Cassian or Sagar or some, some individual involved here. She's going to have to make the call that he, her husband actually has to get like straight up assassinated to stop him doing anything revealing something yeah, yeah. that's my call i think that's possible certainly sagar is just crazy enough to do it he is but that's that's where we leave her right doing a dinner party we might i guess we might see the dinner party it'd be crazy if they bring back slime war i'd love that it'd be wild just to stare and be like she's over especially because she'll be at the end of his table and be like the fun end of the table and it's just the him and and i'll, I'll bring up um our stringer here for you a second see how awful they all are yeah goobers what is that what the fuck what a stupid outfit or it could be him see this is the thing we don't know which one he is oh that's funny the point is none of them are very like fun looking are they no so they just hate poor people yeah totally just hate poor people yeah so because she that's literally what she says she's like they they try to dismantle everything i do they just they just did a thing yesterday that cuts off shipping to this poor world and they're all gonna starve now and it's like yeah that's seems pretty horrible yeah he's like no shut up they're he's like but what about my birthday present she's like i'm i'm taking that back and he's like why do you have to be so sad and boring read the room buddy yeah come on um so then the other third kind of subplot we get to to start off this arc is uh we're introduced to who I assume will be our main villain. Villain, um, the inspector, which is Dedra Miro. She's a she's a ISB agent called from the trailer, right? So, um, Dedra Miro. So her thing is that she's in the ISB. In a big meeting in the mid- beginning with um, Game of Thrones actor guy. Oh yeah. Should we? Do you want to do that bit? Should we do that bit? Just so I noticed going through this, um, watching the first couple episodes of Andor here, that like crazy amount of crossover between, um. Game of Thrones and, and Star Wars. Absolutely. Right? Mostly in this the modern incarnation, right? Um, you know, with the current gen. Because, like, filming, they're both filming in England. Similar time frames, right? So yeah. it just kind of makes a sense that a lot of these actors are, like, similar. Um, but it was also surprising, like, there's a handful from the prequels and even the originals who made their way into both was fun. Like, Julian Glover is the big one who I did because he's um, Grandmaster Picel and he's Alvarez and stuff. And then, like, you got the big ones, like Gwendolyn Christie, right? Yeah. He's, he's obviously Brienne and Phasma and obviously Pedro Pascal. The Oberyn. We talked about this year with, uh, what's her name? Indira Varma is, uh, she was the Tala in Obi-Wan. Yeah. And uh, she's Ilaria Sand and stuff. But there's, like, a couple new ones in this one. Um... I got a name here. Um, Faye Marche- Marseille is Vel Sartha in this new character we just got this week. And she's also, she was the waif, the waif in Game of Thrones. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, 
this new major guy, officer for the ISB, Major Partagaz, he was Maester Kyburn in Game of Thrones. Um, I even got um, Ian White, was Vetched, who's the big alien from last week. Yeah. Who was like, tried to intimidate Cassian. He was 1-1 and the mountain. Which <laughs> <laughs> is kind of fun. Yeah, obviously he was in a big costume. But like, there's just a, there's just a ton of these. Uh, like I said, in Deer of Armor, but also two of the Sand Snakes have been in both Oh. Star Wars as well. Jessica Henwick, who we've talked about on the show before, because I'm a fan of her. She was a minor pilot role in uh, Force Awakens. She was, oh, yeah. was just Pava. And um, I didn't, I had no clue about this one. But one of the other Sand Snakes is the the newest queen of Naboo at the very end of Episode Three. Oh at shit! Padme's funeral. No. But Padme's funeral is on Naboo, and the queen of you know the current queen of Naboo is in the procession. She goes on to just be one of those. There's just a ton of these. It's it's really fun. Obviously, Amelia Clark's a big one. Oh yeah. Um, and when you get down to like tiny roles, there's a lot of characters who are like smaller middling roles in Game of Thrones, and then also just had like pretty small roles in Star Wars: The Force Awakens as like officers and little background characters. Um, it's crazy. There's just a million of them. Also, oh, the guy from um the guy last week, and he's in this week too. The chief inspector guy. Yeah, yeah. He's in Game of Thrones. He's the or Joyce Royce or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, yeah, I think it's something like that. Just a ton of them. It's just a fun time. Because just wait a minute, that guy. And a few of them are noticeable, and a few of them kind of like wait a minute. They just kind of tickle something in the back of your head, and you're like, oh, that's right. That's just crazy. It's a lot of stuff. Also, not all those people are British, though. Are they? No, not all of them. And they still, they still, just still make it through. But still. most of them aren't. I saw Jessica Henwick, and I was like, Jessica Henwick's not British, isn't she? She's American, right? Yeah. We got nope. one. She's British. Right, she's British. I'm a coward. I'm a fool and an idiot and a coward. They're, they've taken over. Yeah, they really got it. Pedro Pascal, though. He's our la- He's like on the only Bastions. He's, yeah. They got Jason Momoa right. in Star Wars. Yeah, and Peter Jason Dinklage. Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, yeah, he's in Game of Thrones and he's American. He's like the only... Him and Jason Momoa are the only Americans. Where's Pedro Pascal from? Isn't he from a Latin American country? Yeah, but, oh, is he, but is he like something American? I don't, oh, know, I don't know. I actually don't, don't know. know. I know that's maybe... Maybe I know I saw some Game of Thrones like event where like all the almost all the actors were there and they like specifically called up Jason Momoa and Peter Dinklage to be like the only Americans. But maybe Pedro just wasn't at this event. I don't oh, think no, he yeah, was. he's he's from Chile. Huh. He's a Chilean American, they say. So we can take that then. Yeah, I'll take That's it. Good enough. I'll take the hyphen. Take half. So we're saying. So <laughs> we got started. So um, the ISB. Um, and he's like, they're just doing a bunch of stuff. Like, a different, like, this happened in here, and this is happening here, and this is dramatic here. And, and obviously, the issue comes up of the uh, of the incident on Ferrix, where the corpo security guys really bungled it, and yeah. five people ended up dead. And our our main villain here um, is interested because... Starpath um, unit. The Starpath unit that's recovered. Because she's like, I'm in charge of this naval base that was stolen from the naval base in Steergard. I have jurisdiction. It's it's one of those. It's classic. This is yeah. this is a fun like little subplot at least in this episode because it's all just like it's all just bureaucracy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's just imperial bureaucracy. It's just the wheels turn. Um, because she's like, well, technically because of this, this, and this, I have bureauc- I have a jurisdiction. And the other guy's like, I, I don't really like you though. I yeah, would, I would prefer to not give you that because I hate you. I don't like you. Yeah, and you're the worst. I, and this is all just politics, really. We're all just vying against each other for. Power. position and power so what if i didn't help you out and she's like well i'll tell the boss and he's like, go ahead sweet so they tell the boss and he calls him in there and he's like can squabbling children what what go tell me tell me what the deal is and she explains why she thinks she needed it and her thing is like i think this is a pattern i think this is showing concentrated effort that there's like actually something brewing there and he's like i think not it's mine i want to give it to him. and he's like all right good enough something good <laughs> and he has a moment where he's like there's something here you've got you've got some ideas maybe but Calm down a little. You got. You can't be too. Uh, 
overzealous. Too heavy. Yeah, you can't go too overzealous with them. But I just thought this this little idea was very interesting because obviously this is not the last we've seen her. She's going to find her way into it somehow. Or yeah, absolutely. I just thought it was fun because it's kind of the same exact thing that happened last week, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. Because last week, uh, what's his name? Cyril was all like, sir, I think there's something more to this. And the inspector guy was like, what if there's not though? Like, what if this was just a street fight? And it was... It's just a street fight gone wrong. But there also was kind of more. Yeah. By pursuing it, he uncovered that kind of almost... Invertently. In- incidentally. And a very similar thing is happening here where she's like, I think this is part of a rebellion. It's not, right? Yeah. The the colonel is right. It was just stolen for money. Cassian just stole that before he had any involvement in any of this stuff because he wanted it for the value of it. Yeah. But because of circumstances that have happened and changed and all since, now it actually is connected to rebellion where if she digs deep enough in, into all this, she will start to, like... See the pattern. Find some some threads here that she can pluck out of, like, there's this Cassian guy, now he's involved with this, and she can maybe get onto Luthen and all that. Because you called that, like, maybe these guys will be... that That'll be a big thing with them, is that, like, uncovering Luthen. Because, like, Cassian's just a guy. He doesn't really have anything to, like, yeah. uncover in that sense. But Luthen is the one who's got this, like, secret identity and this whole deal going on. He's the... You know, he's clearly an important key sort of figure to all this. He's like the backer somehow, and he's got financial involvement in all this. So he'd be the one you'd take down, right? It's going to go wrong. I don't know. You know, there's no Luthan Rail in uh, Rogue One, is there? No, there's not. No Luthan Rail in the originals, is there? Not, not a single mention, so I don't... He might not make it all the way through this show, unfortunately, yeah. which is crazy because he's going to loving him so great. far. He's really he's really stealing yeah. the show from me. But he might go too far and be like Sagarera and have to be gone. But yeah, it's just interesting to me that they, they kind of decided to go back to that well twice. I don't know what that's trying to tell us, but like, it's funny that kind of they, in both cases, they, they their overzealousness kind of inadvertently stumbled into the right, the answer. right answer. Not really because they were right, but because they were uh, ambitious. Yeah. And uh, it just, the so, circumstances happened. Just so much. happened to be that way. Because like we said last week, like Cassian would not, under any other circumstances, Cassian wouldn't have gotten caught and it wouldn't have kickstarted all these events and he a rebellion if Cyril just wasn't like so so crazy about it, right? Yeah. Because if it was any other circumstances, if if the boss wasn't going out of town that day, right? If it was anyone else, he would have just been like, oh yeah, I will just let fill out the go. report as it said and let it go because that is how it happens. I guess in, also on that though, we do have that scene where the that ISB lieutenant guy does go to Ferex and he's you guys suck so bad. This is just an empire show now. We're taking yeah. over from you. Congrats, buddy. You fucked it up for everyone. Get out of here, corpo idiots, which is fun. I mean, that's very empire, isn't it? You yeah. gotta love that. That even in this scenario where they had this, which is just their, their stooge, right? Their corporate stooge who was taking care of it. Um, even then, they slip up once, and the Empire is just like, we got direct control now, baby. Because that's all they're about. Yeah. Spreading control and influence and power. They don't want to share at all when they can. Um, and this is all the excuse they needed. And Cyril Karn's just real sad about it. They fire him. They send him back to Coruscant. They fire him and send him home, it seems like. Goes um, deep in a Coruscant. And um, turns out that's where his mom lives. He, like, pops in and her mother. That's all he says all episode, I think. Yeah. And then she like slaps him, but then hugs him and then tells off the nosy neighbor and invites <laughs> him on in. So like he keeps showing up. Yeah, it seems it totally because we said, I said last week, I was like, Ooh, is he? It seems like, I mean, we, I, I definitely thought he would, but yes, definitely confirmation. He's going to a character, I think, involved through all, all the happenings here. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, again, it's, it's cool. You know, with our new, our new characters here. Our, um, yeah, which one? Oh, uh, the leader? Yeah, her, Val, I meant. The ISP lady? Yeah, ISP. Dedra Miro, that's it. So the Dedra Miro chick, she'll be interesting. And, and she's kind of, again, answers into the same 
category, the, the two of them, with the rest of these Andor characters, that they're just kind of like interesting, actually kind of complex characters. I mean, we don't know a ton about either of them yet. Right. But clearly we can see that like Val is really invested in the rebellion and she actually cares about the cause. You know, that's clearly informing all her opinions because she's like, well, I want this job to go well, but I also like believe in this. I don't like the idea of, of mercenary. I don't mm. like the idea of disrupting. Um, but then she's kind of got to face the harsh reality of like the situation, which is that she's not ready otherwise. Beggars can't be choosers. Right? Yeah. And you got to you gotta start somewhere. And like, yes, in a perfect world, you'd all get like these ideological, you know, people who are like totally Down invested in the actual mean of what you're up to, what you're just starting off. So maybe you can just take some guys who are in it for the money and get the job done. And we don't know what's up with Dedra yet, but she's clearly very ambitious and she's she's wanting to climb and she's she's hungry for something, which is yeah. interesting. Um, she's like just about the worst of the worst when it comes to the Empire, right? Like we, we we said in one of the trailers, they're just like the Imperial CIA. No, yeah, absolutely. Like they're the worst. <laughs> just the worst to get offered, which is pretty high bar to reach because right, they're the right. Empire. The little speech he gives is awful. He's like, what do you think we do? And they're like, he gives her a little thing and he's like, no, we're here to we're here to find the sickness and cut it out and all that. And you're the like, disease. Great. Cool. Absolutely. I love that. By, just, by sickness, I mean poor people. Yeah. All the pores. And we're the indigenous. Rise up. All the, un- all the ungovernables. Yeah. All the undesirables, all the aliens, really. Every, yeah. Everyone who isn't us. Everyone who doesn't look like us in this room, get rid of them. Kill them. Everyone who's in a fancy rich Coruscanti boy. <laughs> everyone who's a dirty alien who lives on a poor planet and has to mine mud for a living or whatever, get rid of them all. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. So, yeah, it'll be cool to see how that takes out. I'm sure they'll, I, I mean, as of so far, I would, I would think they're going to give us something to like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like sympathize with or understand, understand at least, I would say. About her character. I think that's right. coming down the pipe from how they've treated everyone else so far is that you'll be like, Oh, that's interesting. It's an interesting facet to her that like you can you can understand what she's makes com- her tick at least. Yeah, where she's coming from. So it'd be cool, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Um last thing I wanted to touch on this scene. So did we talk about I don't think we talked about Easter eggs at all last week. No. So a big a bit of discourse around Andor has been Easter eggs, right? <clears throat> now, to preface, I think I think the very concept of Easter eggs has been a little diluted. A little shifted by by the interwebs. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. And like a good sixty five Easter eggs you missed in a twenty episode, twenty episode of She Hulk. Like there can't be that many. Exactly that thing. Exactly right. Um, and it's been I think it's been a little diluted in both directions. On the one hand, of like characters showing up are Easter eggs suddenly, right? Mm. Like like uh, Luke Skywalker <laughs> showing up at the end of Mandalorian season two is like, oh my god, look at what an Easter egg. It's like, that's not really an Easter egg. That's not even really a cameo. That's just a, a plot of character who's integral to the plot appearing in the plot of a thing. Yeah. Right. Um, there's a lot of those. And even like, you know, the Mandalorian season two was full of characters like that, but none of them were really cameos or Easter eggs. Were they right? Your Ahsoka's, your Bo-Katan's, your Boba Fett's. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ahsoka, or uh, Luke's. They were all like, now these are, these are plot inclusions. Um, and then now the other side, like, the most minor shit sometimes gets picked up, and they're like, "That was that was an Easter egg. That was probably a plot thing." Yeah. Do you see on that on that fucking Ship. license plate in 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 Hawkeye episode four? It said six two eight one. That's actually a reference to Tales to Astonish, um, sixty two page eighty one, which was uh, an issue where Hawkeye actually fought the Balloon Man, <laughs> and so that's why that's that's proof that Balloon Man is actually the main villain of Hawkeye. <laughs> balloon Man's the main, and it's like I don't, I think you guys are grass met straws here, right? Yeah, I think it's a license plate. And so after the first three episodes, of which we saw were like very kind of self contained, very small scale for the Star Wars universe as a whole. Oh yeah. 
there was a lot of discussion about like there's no easter eggs and that's okay or like some people were even went full onto the angle of like that's good that's cool we shouldn't be relying on easter eggs and again i think that's kind of like somewhat diluted meaning of easter egg which is basically just to say like tie-ins and references and stuff to other properties to all these other properties which i don't disagree with not that again i don't hate them right i think they're fun yeah they have properties. their place they totally have their place but I also don't think there's anything wrong with uh, maybe toning them down a bit for stuff that, and I think this is probably a pretty good example of a show that will do well on its own without like big characters making the jump over. But I do think this show has had, especially in this episode, a ton of genuine Easter eggs, which is to say little references to characters and places and things that are, are there for hardcore fans that don't, that are not integral to the plot one or the other, that like not knowing about them doesn't take you out of it. Really? It's all just, it's just there for fun. So I had the very first thing is when he gives him that crystal, right? It's like a kyber crystal thing. Um, and he talks about that it's this uh, relic from, from commemorating the fighting off the Rakata invasion. That's all Legends Mumbo Jumbo. The Rakata were this race of like pretty awful aliens uh, who like conquered a lot of the galaxy, had slave, dark side magics. They're pretty shit. So that's fun. That's like a. Yeah, they sound, uh, sound, I heard I was, that sounds like a Legends thing. It's a Legends thing for yeah. sure. Yeah, so it, they've been brought over vaguely into canon, like a couple of references, but that's a Legends thing for sure. Um, because they love doing all that like kind of grim dark stuff in, in Legends. Yeah. Some authors did. It wasn't universal. Universal, but they definitely leaned into it more than say the movies did for sure. Because there was like an element where it's like I was reading about them just today, and there was like at one point they had ten billion warriors and in one trillion slaves, and you're just like, Jesus Christ! Obviously been banned. That's kind of an Easter egg. I mean, that's that's a little bit since it's been in one of the main movies. I suppose it's a little bit bigger of one to pick out, but it's still kind of there. I think that was fun. Um, one of the oh, there's a bunch of stuff in his shop. Um, so he talks about the Utapau and Monk culture. Utapau is that planet where uh, General Grievous is. Yeah, yeah, where Obi Wan kills General Grievous. That's fun. Um, I don't. Did you notice there's a set of Mandalorian armor? No, I did in not. This shop there. Um, there's like a uh, this Twi'lek relic that they all have on Ryloth, which is like your family relic that you add little bits to and you pass down from generation to generation. That was there. Um, one of the big ones. Did you see the big suit of armor they like walk past? It's pretty. I would say it's pretty significant in the shot. Yes. That's like. Um, that's actually Star Killer oh. stuff, or at least the helmet. Big. I don't know what the rest of them are, but it's from it's from the Force Unleashed. Um, well, they should so make Star, a show then. Star Killer show confirmed one billion dollars. Oh, of course. Um, and then I also had Ars Dranger and Slymore, little side character. Um, those are, and I think those are very fun, and those are genuine Easter eggs of like value. Yeah. Well, not, but like not. Yeah. Again, to me, that's like straight up, right down the middle of what actual Easter, Easter eggs are. Not too heavy one way or the other. Not again. Not just like this is straight up a character who is in twenty minutes. Away. Like I feel like there's there's people who are gonna be like Daredevil in Chihulk Easter yeah. egg. No, it's just it's a like, that isn't an Easter egg. That's just, you don't have to look for it. That's just exactly. There's it's, nothing it's, there. It's the he has lines of dialogue. Yeah. There's nothing hidden about it. Yeah. He's just there. Like that's not anything. And again, in the same way, they they kind of pick a little too deep sometimes of like I. But this is Half Life Three confirmed. <laughs> If, because this, this, and this, that means that Avengers 5 will actually be... Uh, the board. <laughs> It'll be Galactus... Avengers and Galactic Storm. Oh. Not at all. I think... So, yeah. There's, like I said, there's a ton of discourse. And then there's also people being like, oh, like after this week where people on Twitter were like talking about it and having fun with it. Um, They were like, I thought you guys said it didn't need Easter eggs. It still doesn't. It yeah. doesn't need Easter eggs. But it's, it's cool to have fun. them. And again, when they're actually done with like... A, just a bit of restraint to that they're actually just little fun things and not again In every face, episode nonsense. is crammed full of again not that we, say, we said it last week say it again reiterate it once more 
has its place. We enjoy that too. I don't get me right. Let's not, I won't even try to pretend like I wasn't going full on like soy boy. Ahsoka Tano showed up on my live action Star Wars show. Uh, of course. But I also think that there's something to be said about a show that can just totally not stand on its own. Yeah. has its own room to breathe. Mm. It's just fun. But yeah, I, it also to me shows that like um, Tony Gilroy is very much collaborating. Cause like, I mean, I'm sure he, Tony Gilroy does research and knows his stuff, but I don't think Paul knows out of his, no. his you know, all on himself. Right. I think, that's probably a collaborative effort with other people. I've seen Pedro Pascal has been very active on Twitter the past couple of weeks talking about it and all the things he's contributed and all, all like the deep cut references, which I, re- I very much enjoy, right? Yeah. They're like using like, um, like role-playing source books, like the 80s and stuff and all these different like reference materials, which is just the real tiny like minutia bullshit of like, this planet is this and this is this and we, and the, apparently there's all kind of stuff about the ISB that's made its way into it because the ISB was created initially for role-playing. Wow. Yeah, so it's all it's all kind of fun stuff. Really cool. So Very it's cool. it's fun. I mean, um, at Star Wars Celebration this year, apparently one of the things uh, Diego Luna said specifically about Tony Gilroy was how much of a good collaborator he was, which is a pretty f- interesting like praise to give some. Yeah, you know? it's cool. It's good. You know, team player. Whereas like some Star Wars creators in the past, past maybe were a little less uh, collaborative, collaborative, and kind of just said, "I'm gonna write this. You guys figure it out, nerds." Looking at you, JJ. His mystery box, though. Star Wars episode nine. <clears throat> yeah. I'm gonna kill what's his face? Pax Vizsla. Who's this guy? Who's the guy they kill? That's Travis's friend. The pilot. JJ Abrams' friend. Who's Abrams? the pl- Oh, Snap Wexley. Snap Wexley. He does kill Snap Wexley. And that's not the big one, though. But there's a couple of like bizarre lore breaking stuff where JJ Abrams clearly just w- had the philosophy of like, who reads those comics? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, am I right? And it was like me. I do. When he made, when he basically the big one was a Poe Dameron drug dealer, and it's like it's weird. He was he was just he was in the navy. He was just a, a nice upright navy man. Yeah. Sometimes you sell drugs in the navy. Yeah. Well, now the timeline they've kind of fixed it well enough, but it was he sold drugs and then he went straight and joined the navy, and then he became the resistance, and that's it's good enough. But there was just like several of those in the Rise of Skywalker. They were like, why JJ? Why? Why are you yeah. doing this? Just ask- one, I, one of the ones I absolutely despise, which is dumb for no reason, is when Ben Solo shows up on Exegol with a TIE fighter. It's like, how did he get there with a TIE fighter? Right. They don't have hyperdrive. And they had to make that new one. They had to invent a new TIE fighter that has a hyperdrive. When it's just like, he could have just had... Fly a different ship. He could have flown Darth Vader's TIE fighter, which would have been like cooler anyways. Fucking way cooler. And it has a hyperdrive and all that. But fine. Whatever, JJ. Whatever you say, man. You, and they, he's got, he got his truck. He went home. So clearly... Tony Gilroy is much more receptive. Like, did we talk about Fest? We talked about the Fest thing last week, right? Where his, they talk about like, oh, Cassian, you're from Fest. Um, every every document I said had Fest. How do they know you're from Canari? That's the only reason that's even in there. Well, I mean, one, it makes sense storyline. Like they would fake his home planet. And that, yeah. It creates all this interesting like conflict and, and whatnot um, because there's like, wait, how did they figure out you're from Canari? You know, but it's because in the original, uh, in the Rogue One visual dictionary, it was said that Cassian Andor was from Fest. Um, and so when they went to make the show and they were like, actually, I'd kind of like to change his backstory and, you know, make it a genuine, a genuine story out of it. Right. So I'm not, I don't want to beholden myself to this reference book because when I have an actual idea for a plot here. Um, but so that's how they, they explained it, that in, in, in universe, his like cover story is that he is from fest. Yeah. So all the documents would say that anyway, which, which I think works and is super fun. It's just stuff like that where Tony Gilbert clearly is like, sure, I'll listen to what you guys have to say and we'll make make it work we'll make it work and we'll and we'll keep the freaking nerds happy and we'll put in a we'll put in our little references and things mm. so it's just fun continues to impress big fan of this show for for all those reasons again to me this is like it still is maintaining that it's it's pretty 
self-contained, pretty like kind of, I don't know, straight laced almost like Star Wars thing. It's, it's, it's still got that little bit of edge, a little bit like more serious again, not to be all pretentious about it, but it's a little bit more mature when it's with some of its ideas and it's like yeah. themes and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it it put a little put a little bit more of that Star Wars flavor in there. It's fun. I mean, we're only gonna get more and more as we go on, right? Like absolutely. Even this week, we didn't really see much. Um, we didn't see really any stormtroopers or anything, did we? We saw a little bit of them when they're in when they're taking over the security place. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're like in the they're like in the a background. lot of those were like the were like the army kind of guys more yeah. so too. Uh, but yeah, they're, even that is still kind of like slowly trickling in, which is kind of fun. I mean, we obviously see all the Imperial, the Security Bureau people in their fancy outfits with their fancy boots and their big flared out pants. Yeah. <laughs> the pens in their cell. Yeah, they got their uh, their code cylinders. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff, man. Their little, little rank plaques. A lot of fun. But it's still kind of all trickling in slowly of like, you know, it's not just bombarded with stormtroopers and TIE fighters. Oh, there's some of the TIE fighters, yeah. yes, but. Still, it's a little bit slow, even compared to like Darth Vader, or not Darth Vader, but the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. If you look at where we were at in that by episode four, obviously it's not proportional because it's got a few more episodes, but still, it's like we were just like well into everything. And this yeah. is like really kind of a slow burn of like next week, maybe, or the week following is when we'll get like this heist and we'll actually see some some big action. kind of action y stuff again. But it's it's content to just kind of take its time. And I, and I appreciate that about it. Yeah, you do. Even though this one, I think, like, it works a little bit better on its own, I would say, than any of the first three episodes. There is still an element of, like, man, I wish I wish the next episode or two were just out at once. I wish they did all these little arcs pre-packaged together. Oh, yeah, together. that'd be sick. But be a shorter show. It'd be, it'd like be four it'd weeks. Be a much shorter run when it's only... Yeah. I'm all right to wait. It's, it's... Once again, it's not even necessarily that this is, like, too shocking for children to watch, right? But I almost wonder if kids wouldn't be, like bored by this show right it's a lot yeah. of talking and unless you're really into the minutiae of all these characters and the motivations and the relationships and the, the world that's being created here why would you care <laughs> yeah, it's like no lasers no lightsabers why am i watching this there's not a there's not like a single blaster this whole episode right yeah. so yeah but could it be good you think it's good i talked a lot about this one this week but how do you i thought it was good uh, i definitely got a little spoiled for choice with the uh, arcs but I, I think I'll get used to waiting for him. I and we got more more episodes than not are going to be waited for. And I think I'll just get used to it next. After this like kind of set of episodes, once we finish the heist, I'll get to the rhythm of waiting week by week. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of it. I think it'll be really good. Well, it's better that to kept wanting, right? Like, oh, at yeah, least definitely. It, it means we know that you're into it, right? It's better that than like... Give it all at once. Have to bit like a Netflix model. Trudge through it, right? Yeah. That's, that's always a good feeling when you're like, well, at least I am excited for this. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I've, I've felt the same way about um, House of the Dragon is every week I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm excited for the next one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just better than just like Lord of the Rings, which we're enjoying just fine. But I'm just like, there it is. I'll, just, I'll watch it. It's on. It's it's a very fun feeling to be like, oh, I'm actually like I'm champing at the bit to watch this new episode. So. Absolutely. All right, I think we're uh, set on that. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that one last thing or um, what are we looking at? All right, we're looking at like two and a half right now. What's well, the one last thing? The trailer. Oh, shit. I forgot to watch that. No, then we, we definitely don't. Perfect. We'll do it next week. Maybe not next week. Uh, all right. Well, then I'll write about here. Shop. I'll write that out. <laughs> I will. All right. I'll write about here. Uh, as always, thanks so much for listening. You can find us on at Twitter and uh, on Gmail at ACOTECJazz at gmail.com, which is ACOTECJazz on Twitter. That's J-A-Z. You can find us on Instagram at The Acotech Podcast. Listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. Our intro is my friend of the show, Charlie Saltz. You can find him on SoundCloud and Spotify. Spotify soon. SoundCloud now. Our logo is my friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Second to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed.